What is happening, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of DMs with Dean. Yep, we're changing it. We're doing something different. I felt the off track experience was very much mountain bike related, mountain bike heavy. So I thought we'd change something that I feel like when I say it, it feels better. Now, Lucas Shaw might be a bit angry. He ended up coming up with the off track experience a while ago, but we're going to change it to, yeah, DMs with Dean. And the first guest in the new studio, which I was very excited to have in, was Jono Butler. Now, Jono Butler is a holistic life coach that helps with rehabilitation, breath work, meditation, mindset, and just overall just being healthier, happier person, which is definitely something I needed recently <laughs> through all the stuff that had happened. But ended up getting onto Jono through Taylor Cecil uh, about five Five years ago, I bumped into him. We ended up having a really good conversation. He was actually working kind of with a client and I kept kind of um, coming in and chatting about what he was doing, what was happening, and we ended up having a really good conversation. And then ever since then, we just had each other on social media. And after the accident in America, I'd come home and I knew I needed help. I needed a lot of help. So I reached out to Jono and we sat down and made a plan and since I've gotten home, I've been working with him once a week with uh, rehab and, and breath and connecting my nervous system back. And it's you don't know how you'd be without it happening, but I know where I am is probably a lot further along where most people would uh, would have suspected me being at this time. So I've got to give credit where credit is due, and John has definitely helped massively to get me back to where I am. And there was actually a pretty cool full circle moment when... I went in to see him. He got me to write down my goals and then to one of the goals was to create the studio and as we're here talking about, I thought that was a pretty cool full circle moment. But Jono found the love for kind of holistic health and holistic training through competing in triathlons and kind of pushing himself to the very limit and finding everything he needed to get those extra 1% and kind of chats, touches on places he would go and the the mindset he'd be in when he went to those places being obviously a, like a high level endurance athlete you really do push yourself past what I think you even think is possible and then realize there's so much more there so it's cool to see his perspective on that and we kind of just freestyle a lot of the time as well and just joke around John is someone that I could chat to underwater and yeah have a lot of respect for the views he has on life and just how he carries himself as a person. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Well, I know you guys will enjoy this one. And yeah, I think it's a good one. Before we jump into it though, quick words for the sponsors. You're not eating enough fruit. You're not eating enough veg. You need to spruce up your morning. AG1 is going to be your new best friend. Now these guys, get your morning started right. It tastes good. 75 whole food ingredients. That's a lot packed into a little bit of powder get up have a bit of bit of have it with a little bit of water get your day started right i'm even going to throw in a little code here in the description you guys can use that get some free travel packs get some free vitamin d start your morning right and let me know what you think like i said everyone that tries this stuff they always go as better than what they thought i think the stigma between behind healthy drinks is always they don't taste good ag1 has nailed it here so go give it a try and I hope you enjoy, but let's jump into the podcast. Enjoy, guys. Bye. So I think doing breath work before you do anything like that you value as being important 
get into your breath before you do it. 100%. Yeah, I think in regards to the breath for me, I just think along the lines of bringing myself present. Mm. And yeah, I mean, we'll probably get into this, but how that ties into the nervous system and being able to calm the whole system. Um, and that can be relevant, relevant really for anything you're doing, whether that's, you know, filming a podcast or, you know, back to the racing days of wanting to dial in and really hit the mark. Just gives you that clear thought. Of course. You actually, like, you know your intention. You're like, okay, I've, like, sat with it. And I noticed this with a friend the other day. They had quite sharp, short breaths. And they were quite, like, volatile and, like, like, reactive. And then you, like, feel the breath or, like, see the breath. And it's like, it's like you just deeper, slower. And then, like, that will calm your whole, like you say, nervous system down. You can actually be in a state of, like, clarity. And and that's a good point too because, like, um, yeah, like, people will feed off that energy that you put out there too. So if you if you come across, like, really, really anxious, stressed, hypervigilant, like, that's the sort of, um, that's the sort of, like, environment that you're going to meet. Yeah. And you reflect it back, hey. Of course. It's so crazy. You know when someone gets angry at you or does something to you? And you're just like, what set this off? Because you know it's not you or like sometimes it could be you, but yeah. most of the time it's these little things that have happened in their life that you can't control. And it's almost having to see that in real time and not fire back at it and just be like, this isn't because of me, something's up and not fire back, but then also not get like run over by someone else's issues that they're not obviously dealing with. And usually those moments too, like take a situation where you do get triggered from something. That's 99% of the time a reflection that that energy is residing in you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And quite often it can be something that you get frustrated at or triggered that um, you also uh, do yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's like how you how you get that up and deal with it without being that super reactive, angry person. Isn't like driving's like the perfect example, like with, with road rage and <laughs> yeah. someone cuts in front of you driving along the along the street or um you know a classic one for me is like and I'll notice this if my energy's like off or um I am stressed or um in more of a like an anxious kind of like mode. I find coffee does it to me if I overindulge on the caffeine. Mm. But um, just the classic being at the intersection next to someone, mm. um, and say say you're in the you're in the lane that um, would usually have the right of way, but someone sneaks up to the side next to you and they cut in front of you off the mark. But that's something I'd also do myself <laughs> if I'm in that state of mind. Oh, bro, well that's the whole thing. It's like most things that we get really angry at, we see in ourselves. That's why we fight with our siblings so much because they're like the closest representation of who you are as a person. Such a true reflection. And you like, yeah. oh, do I, do I get so angry at my brother when he would do these things? But I only knew I got angry because I did the same things and I just saw it so like I could see it in him and then it was like the direct reflection. So I'd get annoyed at him instead of getting annoyed at myself. And then you, you obviously have to learn to like let that go and go, okay, we are from the same family. We are going to do similar things. We are raised yep. the same kind of way. But it's like how hey, you break out of that to be like, no, I'm my own person and all these new exciting ways. But and so it's like trying to do that as well and then lift them up 
with you and not look as though you're doing like something different. It was funny with my, I guess with what you do and the whole talking about breath and meditation and the holistic approach. Like I got my brother, um, I remember I drew him like a, a timetable. I said, if you deleted Instagram for like a week, I'd write him like a, like a schedule of like diet, um, working out, breath work. Like I just did a list of things, like just a little gym routine, meditation, no phone kind of thing. And I was like, if you delete the app, like Instagram, all that stuff, you delete it for a week, I'll, I'll do that. And he finally did it. So I wrote it up and I was like, okay, I wrote it. And I didn't talk to him for a little bit and then got back onto him. And he's like, oh, I haven't even re-downloaded all those. Like it's been, it's been like three, four, but like a month or so. And he's like, no, I haven't even re-downloaded like Instagram and all this other stuff. And he's like, I kind of fell off the train with some of the fitness and these other things, but I've gotten really into the meditation. And the meditation fully like transformed who he was as a person. Like he became, he was always like gentle, but he would have like those like reactive, get really annoyed about something and like overreact. And then the meditation and obviously the breath work just like help him settle into like who he was. And then he never was as reactive. And he's like became this overall more mellowed out person. And it was just from that, I think, give and take of like, you do lose the phone, which will be good for you in the long run, which it was. It's like you're giving something. So then I'll give you something. It's like I always tell, um, I guess, kids and younger people when you want something, like you have to give something first before you can like receive something. And everyone always is the other way around. They're like, give me, give me, give me. What can I get? And they're always asking for something. But it's like as soon as that one would be like, oh, I got you this. And it could be big, small, doesn't matter. Like it's a, it's a flower, like it's anything. And it's like, oh, thank you. And then you're instantly more likely to help that person <laughs> because yeah. of that little gesture like first. But it's that whole, like, and I guess it comes back to being react reactive, like passing the olive branch, like kind of mending that bridge or like helping that thing heal to what it should be. And we were chatting about this like the other day with friends that kind of you drift apart from and you're both obviously busy, life's in the way, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it takes that one person to be like, hey, what are you doing? And then it comes back to the, you it's that hard thing because it's like if you feel like you're always the one giving out olive branches like how many do you give out before it's just like okay i need to focus on yourself like of course i think that yeah it brings up a good point like with um what's that saying i think it's like uh to have a friend you need to be a friend mm. and obviously with with anything like that there's there's of course going to be like a boundary that comes with that though mm. so like you were kind of just saying there like where do you where do you draw that like last kind of like or that final straw with how much effort that you're putting out like um, a good example in any any kind of relationship and not just not just between yourself and your partner or um, it could be family orientated friendship whatever it's um, it's always a fifty fifty percent relationship and to the degree that one side of that is in a deficit the relationship's never going to operate as smoothly. Mm. It's that thing when, like, you're like, if I stop calling you or, like, messaging, like, reaching out, we just don't hang out or we don't see each other. And then it gets to that point where you're like, all right, well, that kind of seals it in a way. I think you just yeah. look at, like, who's, yeah, who's putting in the effort and who's not. And just wear away at you, doesn't it? It's just feeling like you're always the one carrying the, carrying the friendship or the family relationship or whatever it may be. Like, it's kind of sad. Like, I don't see... Um, my nan on my mum's side, which she just was like, if we didn't make this 
massive effort to go see her. She would never, she lived five minutes away. She would never come see us. And then every time we went and saw her, she made us feel bad about not seeing her enough. So like, why would you go and see someone when the one time you go and see them, they make you feel bad about not seeing them more when they never make any effort whatsoever to like come down five minutes and catch up with us. It's like on their terms, like on my grounds, I'll do this. And I was thinking about this the other day because it's like the idea of like unconditional love is so rare. It's that, that so actually, rare. That came to mind when, when you were leading into that just before. It's like you think of all like unconditional love is such a, a, a thing that is just because everything we do now, it's like I will love you, but I want X, Y, Z yeah. back from you. And if you don't live up to that, you don't get this where I think it's like when you really do love someone, it's like the whole idea of like, I guess like the doors always open. I'm just going to be the best possible person I can be and hope you stay come like stay in where that is. And then that's all you can really ask for. It's like, you can't have this whole, like I expect so much out of this person that and makes it so hard to live up to that. And then they feel like they can't, they're not inadequate in that relationship. And then they leave where it's like, you just show up and be your best person, love them for what they feel like they need to do. It's like when someone walks away, it's like, don't be resentful or angry at that. Be like, that wasn't it. I need to work on this or that didn't work on that. But it's becoming okay with that and just knowing like that's another step into me becoming the person I need to be to then obviously attract the right person back kind of thing. Yeah, it's like they're think, all just little lessons. I think what sort of ties in there too is the is the whole concept of like um, whatever situation you're kind of in and whatever you're, you're dealing with at any given time. And ov- obviously this is going to be relative for everyone. And I think you're, to use your accident, it's a perfect example of it. Um, you find yourself in that in that circumstance, but you have the power in that situation to choose, like it's a choice to become a victim to that circumstance. Or mm-hmm. do you see it from the perspective of, okay, I've been put in this situation here today. Um, what is the what is the universe trying to show me? Mm. Like what what's in this for me to learn? Like where where is the lesson here? And of course, that can be very difficult when you're in the moment of that to to see it that from that perspective. But mm. I think with the whole, I suppose, to touch on the victim archetype, um, that is one hundred percent a relative archetype to be um, to experience and to go through the emotions that are attached with that in any given time. Um, but there also does come a point in time where something needs to be done about that in order to move forward. And it almost turns into, okay, well, I'm, I've got myself into this situation. Now what? Like, what do I need to do to sort of get myself through to this next next phase? What, whatever that might be um, mm. in that circumstance. I was thinking this the other day where this whole be a victim thing. It's like get these two options. It's like, okay, your parents don't love you. So you're going to be a victim you're going to use that pain to be a better person and like go through that and become who you should become. Like there are your two options right there. It's a victim, the world's against me, but then you can use that in so many different things. You hit a tree, you thought you were going to get paralyzed, you can't walk, you're about to retire, be a victim. Okay, use that, be better, do more. See, get better perspective, like grow, do more. And then it's like you can use that, Any you just lost your job. Your girlfriend left you, your wife left you, 
you're in a car accident. Like it's all, life is going to throw shit at you. And if you play that victim card, no one gives a shit. You just bring everyone else down and make everything feel worse. It's like, it's even when I talked about the other day, a guy called me, had a spinal cord injury as well. And we're chatting and he's obviously in a low point, which I understand because I was in that too. And when you're on the phone to someone, you can just tell they're in that low, like as much as you don't want to say, like it pulls you down into that. You can hear it in their voice. Yeah. And it's like, man, like he just like, and then one thing he said to me, which kind of like, I agree, but to a point where he said, because I told him how much I'd recovered, where the feeling I've gotten and all this stuff. And he was definitely a few steps behind where I am now. Um, He's an older guy as well, so it's going to be harder. But he just said, you're so lucky. And I agree to a point, but I really believe we make our own luck. And I was like, am I lucky that I was doing rehab with you? I was doing like more therapy, needling. Um, I was going in float tanks like, twice three times a week like I was trying like trying to do gym stuff like like it was like okay I need to get better I can't just sit in this like boohoo bullshit of people feeling sorry for you it's like I just want people like I want to forget that point in my life and the quickest way to forget that is to work through that and come out the other side that's and that's a choice on your end that's fully a choice man that's fully a choice yeah there's on on the whole choice thing there's like um um there's almost this model when it comes to choices and uh, you can sort of in any in any circumstance you can either make a suboptimal, an optimal choice, or there's the option that's like referred to as indifferent, which is where you take time, mm. but that can also result in a negative or a positive outcome. So like say say with your spinal spinal cord injury, it's like you leave you leave that too long, it starts to become like a form of self sabotage, or it doesn't actually you know feed. Uh, resolving the problem Mm. um and then i think the other thing there too is to remember is like to not actually make a choice in a circumstance is also to make a choice (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'll do nothing is still going to end in something happening but it's probably not going to be the one you want i heard this thing the other day i thought it was really cool it was um this person i think he made a play and the play was just really poorly done and everyone hated it and they walked out and this person came up to the director and the guy that organized it all. And he's like, what were you thinking? And he said, your intuition may lead you wrong, but it's also the only thing that's ever led you right. So it's like listening to that. Yeah. There's going to be mistakes, but listening to like your true self of like, what do I want to do? Like that's the decision you, you do. And then coming back to the breath, that breath helps you like, it's like a map to that decision. Of course, yeah. It's like... Yeah. Emotion, emotional intelligence and it's like um just a fancy way of saying you know listening to your intuition mm. but um i think that, you find that can, intu- be, that can be developed like a muscle it's like it's something that's learned over time and mm. like the breath as well yeah exactly and and breath breath it's a really good point to bring bring the breath up with that too because the breath is something that allows us to become present in the moment as i was saying and allows us to be more in tune with with that connection that we have, you know, to our heart or to our soul or our intuition or whatever you want to refer to it as. Yeah. What is your intuition really? Like you think about it, it's like the the deepest part of what you know you should do. It's like your soul is like your intuition of like where you think, okay, where does this want to take me? And actually listen to yourself. You're never going to get the wrong answers or go to the wrong places if you listen to like your 
like true self of what you know you need. And this comes back to, I know, I heard it actually through Taylor Cecil, which is obviously a guy I help with your coaching. And he talked about like the I, we and all principles yep. and how we've got it obviously backwards with all we and I, with obviously like connections with yourself being the primary thing that you need to focus on. Like the whole, you know, when you're on a plane and the oxygen comes down and it's like, who do you help first? Like the person next yep. to you or you, it's like, put it on you or else you're yep. going to pass out and not help anyone. And it's but, almost like that concept goes out the out the door as soon as we step off an airplane. Exactly. It's like everyone else needs yeah. help. Everyone else needs air. And it's yeah. like, bro, you need to breathe. Like if you're not breathing, you're gonna you're gonna pass out pretty quick and all these people you're trying to help aren't gonna be there because you're not there for you. I think that like in particular, like um from from what I've seen, like particularly with the mother like archetype, that can be a very difficult um like concept to grasp especially for like a mother like a lot of mothers like sort of find themselves in that situation of um you know always putting someone else in front of them and it you see it time and time again it's like they they don't have the time for themselves but mm. um that's a that's a really good sort of like um really good lesson i think to uh, to apply with any any aspect of life whether it be to do with career or um you know personal development or you know, mm. even even just on the daily, even just with the with the practices that you, you know, create, it's cre- could be creating time for yourself on the daily, um, mm. to be able to put yourself into the position to do the things that you need to do. Like I know when I have a day where like things are busier than normal, or I'm sort of out of routine for whatever reason, um, I notice that. Like I notice I'm not working as efficiently. I'm not as I'm not as tapped in you know, to, to things like my intuition and things just aren't flowing like as smoothly. But mm. when I, you know, time and time again, when I dedicate that time for myself, it's, you feel it. It's something you feel. You get more time. Yeah. You have more energy, more yeah. time. You can actually, you're like, oh, I don't have enough time. I'm like, yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just in the wrong spot. Yeah, there's not technically more time in the day, but you're creating more time for yourself. You just got more energy yeah. in your batteries. That's, exactly. that's the thing. I was going to say, I just thought about this before when we were talking about like a mother's love. It's crazy. We'll never experience that kind of connection and bond. Like, obviously, if we have a child, it's like you love it so much, but it's still, I don't think it can compare to like a mother's love that like carries you inside of her to then out and grow into the person that like that's actually insane. It's, that connection that you would have. It's wild, isn't it? It's something, it's something that's just so, so, so dude, I saw, I it's just, so difficult to comprehend, isn't it? Mm. Like, I saw on the beach like two days ago, I was walking and there was like a little kid playing with a puppy and he was just laying on the sand. The puppy was like jumping over and like licking his face. They're both like laughing. I'm like, that is such a like pure happy moment. Like literally a kid, like, you know, kids have like that real laugh, like that laugh that you like. It's emphatic. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help it. Like you're like, oh, it's so good. My, um, my, my niece, my brother's, um, little girl. Just the laugh that just like every problem you think you have in the world suddenly just seems to evaporate with like that laughter. And you yeah. go, it's not that yeah. bad. Like as bad as you think something may be, it's like, man. And you see it like kid, you know, they say that ch- like people's children are their best teachers and like you see it in children. It's like they're, they're not at that point where conditioning has, you know, it's not yet to affect yeah, the way that they make decisions or the way that they operate, mm. like, especially during that age of like a, a child, like you're still in that moment, you're still developing your ego. 
Mm. It's not something that sort of like has the has the potential to so much dictate how you live your life in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. So like that, yeah, it's a it's a perfect example of actually being present <laughs> yeah. and just being being who you are and, and encompassing and all enjoying that. it for what yeah. it is. You know, you said like the, I've got a young kid, Ollie Davis, and he taught me this massive lesson. It was um the whole like kids of like your kids become your teachers and we're at a race and it started raining halfway through his race so there was no way he was going to win but he just did this run in the wet and I went up to him thinking he was going to be real disappointed because like he had no chance of winning because the guys came down the dry and then it rained and like it's just like game over and I walk up to him expecting him to be disappointed and he takes his goggles off and looks at me and goes that was so much fun and I'm like you, you like the result didn't matter it didn't matter at all. It was just he just enjoyed what he just got to do, which was ride his bike in the rain in front of all his friends and family. And he was like, "This that was sick." Which is which is probably why he started that sport in it the first did. place. It, it's like for the enjoyment of actually riding his fucking bike. Exactly. And I looked at it as like, "You're not going to get the result, so this is suddenly a negative." And it's like that programming that we convince ourselves like, "You're not first, you're last," kind of thing. And it's this whole idea of being super competitive in those moments but then also <laughs> if it, like if it's out of your control and it starts raining man just enjoy it you should enjoy it anyway but if like you get a curveball just keep just keep enjoying it it's just, like you're gonna win every time if you do it that way and that's that's a massive lesson i learned from him in that reaction and it changed my perspective i remember i crashed at world champs in canada and i got back on and kept going like race was over but i got into the flow state earlier in the run. And because of that feeling, man, like that's a feeling I think anyone should chase in life is like the whole idea of flow state and just being so, again, in the moment of something and especially something that you've like, I worked more than half my life to create that skill and that talent to be able to cultivate that kind of flow state. And that's like the ultimate goal in life, I think, is to just be in that because it's like you're just so engaged in this moment of just like nothing else matters you're so focused in and I only got it a handful of times in my life and sometimes I get it honestly in speaking when I'm speaking to like a crowd or like a group of people I just lose myself and like you're just in the like you're just in your words like you're coming it's like straight there's no thought it's just like this is this is me and you're like whoa where did I go there there's no filter no but yeah. it's like everything it's just like it's coming from somewhere that's like almost like it's just authentic yeah yeah it's just yeah a, yeah, yeah man authentically you but and that's that's a, it's an interesting like it just came to mind to me then but like i feel like i mean this could be relevant for not just athletes but um in the whole professional athlete kind of like realm it's like a hard line between like you know you probably started mountain biking again because it was something that you enjoyed and encompassing the enjoyment and the fulfillment that you get from doing that but when that becomes your job it's like it's a really like fine line between like creating that balance where you can still enjoy that versus mm. like, oh, I'm actually having to do this as work, so yeah. to speak. I was talking about this where like be careful, be careful what passion you make a job and be careful what value you put on your art, whatever that may be. Because there's going to be like, there's a tax you pay with doing something all the time. And I know even now it's funny I was talking to a friend that I want to get more into photography but I like oh, I don't want to be paid for it almost because I don't want to 
Like as soon as you put a value on your art, no matter what that is, racing, riding, like pretty much anything that you do as a profession, wakeboarding, skiing, snowboarding, like as soon as someone's like, I'll pay you X amount. I know it all comes back to like your, not just your skill, but your reach and all these other things, but it's a value on you now. So that thing that you're trying to keep promoting, it's like, I have to do this. And as a kid, like when you're doing like, I want to do this. And there's such a shift in that, in that. And some people, some people just love it to the day. Like some people I know, like Kate Edwards is a guy that races mountain bikes. I'm like, he just loves riding his bike, just froths it. He'd do it every day, even if he didn't get paid. Where I wanted to do it every day and then I started getting paid and didn't want to do it, <laughs> which is like... And isn't that interesting though? But you would have yeah. you would have probably felt this because when you were doing um, triathlons, were you getting paid when you were doing... Yeah, so with with the whole triathlon journey, I suppose like um, coming out of like coming out of high school, um, again that was like something that I wanted to pursue, and it was like it was purely just coming from that energy at mm. that stage. Like, you know, come the end of year eleven and twelve, when all my friends and stuff were sort of like um, dialing in on, you know, getting their grades right to step into university and stuff i was i was up at falls creek on altitude training camps with with mates from melbourne um because it was something that i just really like enjoyed during that that period of my life and um i suppose fast forward like to a few seasons in europe and um for me it was it was sort of i got i got myself to this point where i was like almost like i suppose breaking even like it it had turned into like coming home working for the summertime um or the australian summertime so that i could then fund my expenses to go back over to europe the following year and um long i suppose long story short like for me um that's where i started to find um what i what i'm doing now and and where i could channel my energy into something else and it wasn't that i wasn't enjoying triathlon i just i think that chase of always wanting to better myself has has 100% continued and I almost like I almost look back now and sort of like there's been moments of you know everything happens for a reason but it's like if I had of knew knew some of the things and incorporated some of the things I know today like what sort of athlete would Jono be in that circumstance (laughs) yeah yeah it's like you're always learning so much and you wish you could I feel like that's why mentoring people man I guess and that's somewhat of what you do now with holistic coaching but it's like you can level people up so quickly and having like a good mentor and someone there that can like pretty much, it's, it's almost not as much show you what to do, but like show you what not to do almost yeah. like that's, it's like you make the mistakes because Dude, I saw the funniest video like uh, the other day pop up. I think it was, there's this little fella like learning to surf like on a wave and his dad, it must've been his dad or something like he's just on a surfboard next to him and he's like holding the surfboard, holding his hand, like, um, you know, helping him stand up, go through that whole process and then sort of like letting go of him, grabbing him, letting go of him, grabbing him until he sort of like, fight. what now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? The fight or flight. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because you, you grew up in Tassie. You're a Tassie boy originally. Tassie boy, proud and, uh, proud and, what do they say? Proud and. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not Tasmanian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go down well, is it? Oh, oh no, Tassie, Tassie boy at heart, yeah. Like, <laughs> Just don't and, know and the end. Very, very proud of it. Tassie's actually amazing. I think there's this thing with, you know, Tas- Tasmanians and just, like, it seems to be a theme and you sort of notice it a lot with, um, I suppose, particularly the athletes. Like, they, 
it's a common theme to not forget where you're from. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for, for me growing up in Tassie, um, it wasn't until like I started pursuing my sport that I started to move away. But, um, it's interesting now, like going back and just, just with the development that I've done on myself and, um, just with a new perspective on things and, and stuff like, especially going home over the Christmas period, I normally try and get back and visit the family for a few weeks every year. And I have this like, like deep appreciation for the state and, um, it's almost like living away from that has given me that mm. like, and, and every time I go home now, it's like, I want to actually experience what, you know, to, to a deeper level, what was placed in front of me that I may not have even sort of like had my eyes open to when I was younger. Well, I think you always want what's on the other side of the fence, grass always greener kind of thing. Like I had friends that lived in town from where I was and I just wanted to live in town because they were all there and then they'd come out to where I lived and like look at all this space you have, you can go ride motorbikes, like every, like it's, you're always going to somewhat want a different life and I guess the good thing about going back now, you've had a different life but then you can appreciate the old one more now instead of just going, oh, I wish I was here, I wish I was there. Like no, I was in the right place. This is this is where I should have been, kind of thing. Because I like grew up country vic as well. It's like, did it feel somewhat isolating being in Tasmania, just for being obviously isolated, just geographically, but obviously being there as well as a smaller. Because whereabouts did you grow up, and that was obviously like a small kind of town. Yeah, so hometown for me is Launceston. Might have been an area that you've maybe met, uh, visited through like mountain biking. Like not, it's probably like a just over an hour drive from Derby. Mm. Um, I spent a little bit of time there, not not here. I think I've been through it once, but like years and years ago. But I think I think the theme of Launceston and I suppose it's like anything you go through all these different stages of development and stuff, but I think the way that I kind of see Launceston now is um and it's not dissing on, you know, Tasmania in general, but uh it is it does sort of like encapsulate that small town kind of vibe and you can get caught up quite easily get caught up in that and mm. I think it's not it's not until like I experienced maybe like moving away and um having those experiences like abroad and really developing myself that I was able to kind of like see that mm. um was it kind of isolating in that process of feeling like you were kind of okay I want change because I know when I feel like you kind of strive to something this comes back like the whole reflection because people, I guess, that want to do that, but they don't want to take that plunge, they don't yeah. want to step into it, that then they take that out on you because they want to do it, but they're too scared, but then they take that as like, well, why are you doing that kind of thing? Yeah. But it's just like that internal thing. It's, what I hear the other day, it's like fear's a, a lake wide, but an inch deep. And it's like that stepping into it. It's that fear of like, oh, you think you're going to sink, but it's like, oh no, it's right there. I got this kind of thing. But there is so much fear, like in obviously that, like you're moving away from your family, your friends, comfortability, probably a job. Like, all right, new world. Let's let's go <laughs> see what happens. And um, <laughs> I saw this picture, and there's like these two butterflies. Well, one's a uh, caterpillar, another's a butterfly. <laughs> and the caterpillar's just going going up to the butterfly, and it's like, is it going to be good? And the butterfly's, it's going to be fucking incredible. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like that step of like they think because I think they think it's scared going into like the cocoon before you become it. It's like, that's the fear of like, what's, what's on the other side. And I think, a, I think a theme for me and like, you know, everyone experiences fear. Like it's a, it's, 
it's a natural like feeling to mm. um, to experience as a human. But I think I think the thing for me that I've found has been really helpful is learning to channel that fear. And it's like if that fear presents itself, it, it's almost got to the point where it's like, okay, well, I've got to fucking do something about this fear. Like I've got to step into it or this this means that it's like an opportunity for me to, to level up. Mm. And well, this comes back to doing nothing still a choice. Like that's going to have a result. Like fear is going to – if fear makes you stay where you are, there's still somewhat of a negative result that will probably come from that. If you know you've got to do something and you're not doing it through fear – that's going to come back and bite you in the ass in different points in your life. And I think the the whole identity piece, like, for me, sort of ties into this as well. And it's like, um, who am I? You know, who am I if I do if I do step into that fear and like um, I do develop, you know, beyond where I'm at at the moment. It's like we get so comfortable with being in the current circumstance that we're in. That, you know, it feels nice to stay there, mm. but you know if you're in if you're in a circumstance where you you need to or you want to or um you know you, s- to circle back to the victim it's like what can i do about this situation um then yeah there comes a point in time where you know you have no choice but to sort of like honor that and and step into that fear and do something about it mm-hmm. i think it's the thing how successful do you want to be because with that success comes a certain level of isolation like, look at Taylor Swift, for example. She'd have to be super isolated. She can't go out in public. Like, there's, there's like a, a prison fame kind of puts you into a certain extent. And it's like, how much do I want? And then how much is too much? But it's like, you kind of can't put the genie back in the bottle. If you, like, grow to a size where you're like, okay, this, this has altered my life now. And it's that balance of, I guess, knowing what you want or you need. Because it's like stepping outside of you to chase something... It's like what comes with that and knowing everything has like its pros and cons to it. And everything's relative too. Like, you know, just, but just because she's Taylor Swift doesn't mean that she doesn't experience fear. Mm. It just could come by the means of something completely different. And that's always going to be relative. Hey, like it could be, could be fear. It could be a fear for her to step out onto the street by herself, for example. Yeah. How crazy. It could be a fear for someone else to step on stage. Yeah. And perform. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how, com- you know, in moments we're talking about like flow state and being in, like so in a moment, like could you, like surely I'd have to imagine she would be in that when she'd be performing on like that stage with that many eyes. Like could you imagine that feeling of being in front of that many people and doing the thing you were the best at and people like, imagine the chant back, you know, when they sing back. Imagine what that must feel like, that energy that would come into a room that you created that, like that's in... That's, she, that's insane. You have to be present when that's happening. Oh, right? you couldn't. You couldn't not be. And she has it for like yeah. three hours, man. That's a that's heavy. Yeah, that is it. That is that. Oh man, I saw like because I saw someone went the other day. And they just took videos of like how the like the costume changes and the different like acrobatics and everything. Like it's a full show. Like it's like a. It's, like, it's a performance. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. massive, man. You see, like I was just. I'd probably get down to some Taylor Swift. <laughs> if some songs come back, you'd be like, oh, I'll shake it off a little bit, you know? <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> I couldn't... You, you, and a, you and the other 130,000 people at the G. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I 
It's one of those things. I like. I don't mind her music, but I wouldn't go buy tickets. But if someone brought me a ticket, and I went. I'm probably say, not going to say no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to say no to it. If like the universe presents something, like <laughs> Tease Wizzle will get it. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. Have a good boogie. Oh, that's great. Oh man, that'd be so fun. Um, what was I was going to say <laughs> when I said would get it, I meant like would get me going there. But when I said I was like that doesn't come out right at all, man. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I was, even notice. Oh, bro, I was like, oh, it probably's not going to sound good listening oh, back. So oh, I was like, great. yeah, full disclosure, just would get my presence at the festival. <laughs> oh, bro. But yeah, um, no, I was just going to go back to that whole idea. Like when you do um, branch out and become like more or less your own person and whatever that may be, whether it's like leaving your hometown or doing, doing more, there's going to be that period of time when like you don't – and it's not that you don't <sighs> – like you, you just isolate yourself in the fact that you want to be in a new place. You won't have your old friends. You haven't met your new friends. You don't know that many people. But it's also super exciting because you kind of... Like I always enjoy going out by myself because you're kind of forced to just like float around. Mm. As soon as you get like a friendship group, that's like your safety net when you go out. You just kind of hang out and talk with them and it's kind of hard for someone to like break into a group of like 10 people that are all like huddled around a table. It's like, if you're just literally by yourself, you're like, hey, how's it going? It's so easy to meet and connect with people. And I think the, the side of that that I could probably see is like the authenticity part as well. It's like, if you're if you're tapped into just being who you are, like the people that you're going to attract are going to resonate more with you mm. like as your people, like people that are, you know, sharing similar interests or values or, um, and yeah, if you can, if you can connect with that, it's going to be more of a real friendship. Yeah. They see you for like who you are and you go, are. Yeah, yeah, like that's... And you're all on the same page too. Mm. Is that becoming... That, that is it. That that was like, I, I suppose for me to touch on the whole Tasmania thing too as well. It, it's uh, initially was a challenge like moving interstate um, from that perspective and, you know, because you, you move away, you've got like all of these people, especially being from a small town that you associate with you know whether it be from you know uh for me for me mostly to do with sport really um and all the people that you meet through there the amazing people but you know you move away and then all of a sudden that's to a degree not taken away from you but it's not not as easy to access in that circumstance and um yeah establishing those connections um you know, I think that's I think that's a really important part with, you know, if anyone's out there wanting to sort of like, you know, move states or, um, you know, even step out into new opportunities as well. Like it's it's something to something to have in the back of your mind to to carry carry with you in that situation. Mm. And I think as well, there's going to be a point in that where it's going to get hard. Like you're going to get to a point where you're like, why did I do this? I miss home. I miss my friends. I miss my comfortable couch. Like, I'm up here. I don't know anyone. I can't find a job. I can't find an apartment. Like, I'm stressing out. Like, all this shit. Like, that's a real thing that comes. When I first moved up here, I was living out of my van just up here for, like, three weeks. And they got real strict on people, like, camping in vans after COVID. So, when I came up in 2019, I'd just go, like, sleep at Burley Beach. And there was barely any, like, there was, like, just no one there kind of thing. It was just very quiet and chilled. And then after COVID, oh, I think everyone got vans and was just like, well, I'm going to go just travel and live by the coast and be a hippie kind of thing. And then I came up and it was like way more strict. 
So I was like, I had to find a place to park most nights and like I just can park like go to parks and stuff like that. But it's like you get to a point like I don't want to live in a van anymore. Like I want a house. <laughs> and I remember having that point of like, is this the right thing? Do I want to because I went and looked at apartments and houses and stuff, but they don't want to give it out to a 27-year-old kid that is by himself and there's like a family or something that's what looks way more reliable kind nice. of thing, even though it would have been fine, but they kept getting rejected and then eventually you find the perfect place. And it was, you know, when you get rejected from something and you go, oh man, you get so down and like, oh, you can so take that one of two ways. You eh? can get hit with it, man. And I got hit with it. I got this place and I was like, perfect. It was like in Burley. It was right near like James Street and stuff. It was going to be perfect. It was big enough. I was going to put a podcast studio inside the house because they had like a room like this. And I didn't get it. And I was so bummed, man. I was so bummed. And then like a week later, my mate's like, oh, we've got a place you can stay. It's really cheap. It's near the beach. I met so, like then all my best mates that I live with now. It's like, it was like the best thing that could have happened. Isn't that funny? And yeah. it was like from that rejection, literally a week later, if I'd got that place and then realized this was available, I would have been, then I would have been bummed for that. It's like either way there's, but it's like, it comes back the whole like when you think something bad happens, like the best thing could just be literally around the corner. So it's like, don't get so down on that. Just be like, oh, that wasn't meant to be. Something better will come. Yeah, And something can. better is always waiting right around the corner. Everything happens when it's meant to happen. It, yeah. It's divine timing, isn't it? Mm. And you go, and I think especially when you say like you start living to your true authentic self, like karma's a real thing and making your own luck's a real thing. And you start to live to who you truly should be and like you'll be happy, you'll be smiling, you'll be like energetic, you'll be putting that out and man, and stuff starts coming back and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, why does all this like, keep happening? And it's just like, because you, you're being you. You're like, you're living to how you should live and, and the right people are coming back because of that. Exactly. And I think it probably brings up a really good point because like that might sound really easy just being authentic and, you know, raw to who you are as a person, but like, that's very difficult. <laughs> Comes back to the fear, so yeah. In society, just just the way that society's shaped these days too. Like how, you know, you've, people have heard it a hundred times, but um, it's in your face all the time with social media and having to be a particular person or look a particular way or they're all things that contribute to taking you away from actually being authentic <laughs> because we start to like without even realising, like, it's it's all subconscious. Uh, it starts to become sub subconscious programming or subconscious choices that we start to make um, with how we live our lives. Mm. It comes back to the whole comparison of every... We compare to everything. And, like, the quote that it's a thief of joy is, like, such a true statement because it's just like, man, it sucks it out of anything. It's like you get something that you absolutely love and adore and then someone else looks down at it, you... F instantly compared to something else that they've said like oh that looks shit because of this and you're like oh and it's like you before that was a comparison you love this thing and you think of i guess it's when you start living a yes, better like, life you're like, always comparing to like oh but i could be this or i could be that and you're always almost taking the joy out of where you're at and there's like there's so much good stuff where you're at right now but you just keep looking forward and comparing to where you feel like you should be and it's like you're never going to catch that man you're never going to catch that it's, it's always going to, no matter how, like someone's always going to be fitter, happier, healthier, whatever. Like it's always changing. It's always evolving. It's like stop comparing to these other people. Like be the best who you can be. Put all the energy into that. And then you're like, okay, that's me. Then it's like, okay, well, this is the best I've got. And just compare yourself to yourself. Okay, I'm better now because I'm 
doing these things for my mental health, for my wellness, for my diet or whatever. And you go, okay, I do all these things and I'm a better person. And then, like you said, then that attracts better people because you're living to yourself and you're actually doing the things you need to do. Instead of, like I said before, like running around trying to put oxygen on, on everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's a huge, like, yeah, like I can't, I can't sort of like tap in on that enough. I think like, um, yeah, to use that example of like, I think you were talking about like a logo and like you have this really cool idea for like a logo, for example, and then um, someone else gives you this opinion of what they <laughs> sort of think of it. And it's like in that in that moment of like, you know, you might have thought it looked amazing before you sort of asked for someone's opinion. Mm. That's a really good example of you sort of connecting to your own intuition with something and um, how you feel that you want something to be. But in that situation... If you if you take on and it's not that you can't take advice from people but if you take on the the belief system of the person that's giving you the advice in that situation in a way that's kind of like suppressing um mm. the way that you actually truly feel about it i think you gotta protect your dreams hey you really gotta protect your dreams and i think and i've even done this with people like if i started seeing someone or something like you care about like a person or a dream or something you almost hide it because, like you said, some person's opinion, good or bad or indifferent, will alter how you see that thing. And sometimes you don't need opinions on something. Like, you know, like you can feel in yourself that, okay, this is either the right thing to do, the right person, or the right state of mind or whatever. Because it's like sharing that gives someone the opportunity to then critique it, compare it, judge it, love it, hate it. And that alters how you view it. And it's like, protect that man. Because it's yours. It's yours, yeah. And like, only you know how much you love that thing. So don't let someone else alter that. Because I think it's like, those. it's so so easy to grab someone else's opinion and then use that as like part of how you view it. And that and that process will never bring fulfillment or self-fulfillment. No. It's like, I actually had a friend, because um, goal, goal setting is like, a, I would say like, arguably the probably arguably the if not the most important part of like the work that I do I think establishing like a, a really good connection with what your goals are because from like an from a mental emotional spiritual perspective that actually puts into play how everything else is going to happen and when I sat down for you for example it's like that's the first thing we spoke about it's like you know if this is this is the situation you've been placed in but what do you what do you actually like want for yourself and there's so many different like techniques and stuff when it comes to setting goals and um, you know, you can sort of go through the whole process of like there being more like outward external kind of goals or more like internal sort of goals. But I think, and I've sort of played around with all of these like over the years, I feel like, um, and gone, gone the whole kind of like full circle with it. But uh yeah, my fr a friend of mine sort of mentioned it to me not long ago and I really like starting with feelings and it's like, how do I actually want to feel? It's a really simple way to, like a feeling is the most sort of like um, innate thing that sort of comes in, comes out of us. Like in any situation, you could be feeling a particular way and it's like, how do I actually want to feel? And it's pretty much why we do anything. Well, it is why we do anything. Exactly. And it's like, it's such a, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's so easy. It just makes it, it makes that whole process of planning goals simple. So you can start with, okay, like I want to feel a particular way. Now, if I sort of backtrack a little bit further, 
or continue on here? Like, what do I need to do or what do I enjoy doing that can bring me that feeling? Mm. Rather than starting with, like, uh, core values or, um, you know, an external goal or, like, something that's, like, a destination, it's, like, um, it gives you the most primal kind of thing, which is the feeling to, to tie in with the rest of it. Mm. Um, and that way you, you always sort of know that that's going to be authentic to you as well. And that'll be different for everyone too. I think like, um, you know, what brings me happiness may be completely different to what brings you, you happiness, for example. What do you reckon brings you the most happiness? That's a tough question. eh? how would you answer it? Other people. Like if I get a reaction from someone, like a really genuine, like positive reaction, that's like, that's, that's me. Like, I really think when you're around like a big group of friends and you're just laughing to that point where it like, it hurts your stomach. Like to me, that's like, what, like what's better than that? Like, I think like and that, that, and that, that notice feeling. How, notice how that's a feeling. Yeah. Like that feeling like, of just like. Know, Lost in just happiness and laughter, and just doesn't really matter what you're doing. Like it, could, and yeah, you could probably tie back to being around friends. Um, yeah, there's connection there. There's like it's a connection. Yeah, it's meaningful relationships. Blah blah blah. But mm. like the feeling is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like and and it could be you know you could be doing something. I mean, to go to go back. It could be it could be that you were riding riding around with mates and mountain biking was something that you first like enjoyed and really like doing but then you tie that in with doing that with mates and Mm. and the feeling that you get from that i'm I'm, experiencing that i miss what mountain biking used to feel like to me like i miss enjoying mountain biking as much as i did and i don't know maybe now there's like not really any pressure to be or do it it might come back but also i think i just like you change as a person like i just like i've been trying to learn how to surf more i get a lot of enjoyment on that like it's new it's exciting every time i go out i get a little bit better i get humbled or like something happens it's like oh i thought like and these little every time i go surfing i feel like i get like a little bit better but when i'd go mountain biking you kind of like stagnate to a point where you are really good but it's like it takes so much to get that little inch better it's always like little one percent things and i guess that over time just becomes draining because you're always like you're not doing it for the love of it doing it for the the want to keep it as a job i guess and keep like it's obviously you get a good feeling when you do well but yeah, I think just your, your your wants and stuff shift so much, and they and they change. But I just I do miss that feeling of when I'd be riding and I'd be riding at like my best ability, and it's just like you, you just I don't know, it's just it's just effortless and fun, and it's just like it takes so long to craft that level. And I don't know now going back whether because I haven't even I haven't touched a mountain bike since the accident, and I'm it's funny I'm going to Tassie for this hardline thing, and I'm like asking people if I can borrow a bike, so I've got someone to ride around. I'm like this is the first time riding a bike since yeah the the accident i was it's not that it's like a fear but still just like a thing kind yeah, of you know what i mean it's just yeah. like oof, last time this yeah, happened what, this what is the what would you say is the initial sort of like feeling with i suppose like yeah firstly like entering that scene again for the first time but like i mean i mean, g- I mean then tying in like uh just the thought of getting back on the bike and getting back on the trails i'm excited man i'm really excited it's going to be nice to see everyone because I haven't seen since that weekend that I had the accident, I haven't seen anyone really. But then it's coming back to looking com- like I'll look completely fine and probably be on a bike and be like, whoa, that was a like very vast difference <laughs> in this time. But it's just like just seeing everyone again. And I think 
You know when you see someone and you can see they're genuinely like concerned for you and like you feel that, like you feel it in someone. When you know you see someone's eyes, like the eyes are just like, oh man, you like, <laughs> like you worried some people, hey. <laughs> so it'd be nice to see people, I guess, were like were obviously really concerned about me, and I guess that are in that that world still. So they know it's like I guess the there's oh, like when Brooke had his accident, it was it puts it in your your brain that that can happen to someone and you don't want to think about it but it's like it's a reality and I guess once you live it you're like oh shit and then you see so like Dave McMillan a good friend of mine he um he crashed on like a hundred foot jump down where we're going to race and just like broke himself (laughs) and like lost a tooth and yeah it was quite heavy but it's like that's a reality man like it can go it can go wrong but in saying that it's like you do the work you heal you get back, you show up, and I, like, I don't. I, like everyone's like, "When are you going to ride again?" I was like, "I don't know, but I definitely will." Like it's not like it's never going to happen, but it's just like you know, I'm just I, waiting I, for I the right opportunity. I remember when you came in firstly too. Like that was when we were going through like what you know what what your goals kind of were, and I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying, but like that was like last priority on your list. Yeah, I remember asking you about it, and it's like, yeah, I haven't even thought about that process. It's like, and it, and I th- I think that's a good point. Brings up a good point too around how like. It's okay if the goal goalposts change or like um, you know interests and what you enjoy doing. Like like you kind of mentioned with surfing, it's something new that you're picking up, and um, that's always going to change. Like I think a good example for me is like boxing. Like I've grown grown up my whole life doing aerobic sport, and um, boxing's been something that I've uh, sort of found this this new connection, I suppose, with. Um, and for, for me, it's just turned into just the enjoyment of actually like learning something new and just experiencing something completely fucking different. <laughs> like, I think you can probably relate to it. It's probably not so much the case with mountain biking, especially downhill because there's a lot of stimulation, but especially with triathlon and running and cycling, it's just like, it's very repetitive. Mm. Like you're going in the same straight line um, all the time. And <laughs> yeah, at least see, yeah. that's like mountain biking. It's, it's always, it's, just changing all the time it's ever changing yeah. yeah so it's given the brain more stimulus and i think um yeah i think i couldn't swim i couldn't be a swimmer man i couldn't be a swimmer well that that's I funny it's funny you say that because that's where it all started for me really yeah. we just swim in laps 5 a.m yeah I, I grew up like from, from a young age <laughs> as a swimmer and um yeah i kind of like and that was the main main reason for the shift into triathlon essentially like was um i mean i enjoyed it and i i did it and i had quite quite a lot of success with it like um you know lots of lots of different like state records and going to nationals and all that kind of thing but i think it was just more the enjoyment of blending in another two sports that sort of gave me that stimulation of experiencing more and mm it's funny my my love kind of like evolved into into bike riding and after triathlon I pursued bike riding for a while but it was always because of the enjoyment of for me exploration and just being able to see things that you would not normally see and from a different perspective it's like you can go for a drive to all these different places but you never see it in the same way as Mm. what you would when you're cruising around for three or four hours and exploring just the most remote and random kind of like areas that you can find wherever you are. No, I get you. When you were, um, when you were doing, doing these tries, did you ever go like physically to like a pretty dark 
place to push yourself to like the other side of like, man, I want this. And was there like, what was the self-talk going on when you went to that place? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Like, and it kind of comes back to like, I suppose the education piece for myself during that time of my life as well. Because I used to have this mentality and was probably probably steered more towards like always training hard to get the better of myself and not really understanding, you know, the science behind how to train well back in that kind of like environment that I was in. And I think looking back, that's, that's a big factor in maybe why I didn't sort of like or wasn't able to take it as far as like I had dreamed. Um, but I just wasn't able to see that at the time. And it's, it's really cool now, like, you kind of mentioned it with helping out, like, um, like some younger, like, kids and stuff on the trails and stuff like that. But all of that knowledge that I, like, encapsulate now, like, I, it actually brings me just as much joy helping people understand that mm. from a young age. Mm. And it's, like... Probably uh, more, man, yeah. especially when they go out and use it. Like, they use it and actually use it for a good... Like, I started when I was going to races, like, I stopped caring about if I did well and then started caring about if, like, the kids i was helping did well it's just yeah. like there's more there's more in that it's like yeah. it, i think there's more juice in that if you if you look hard enough and i think that's what kind of birthed the whole um transition into the coaching role for me is just the fulfillment that that as as a uh as a as a role or as a job i suppose sort of like um brings me mm. how did the transition as well with that going from obviously athlete to then more holistic because you said you started kind of bringing that into your training and then that obviously just altered how you probably viewed a lot of different things and then you kind of transitioned out to then just focusing on helping others more or less yeah it's sort of it, i think it's sort of like when i first got into the work of you know delving into wanting to actually become a coach and help people by by that means like um it was for me like initially it was it was because I was still in that athlete archetype and um, for me personally I just wanted to try and access every different type of modality when it came to like basically uh, performing to the best of my capacity and then the more I sort of got into it the more that I actually realized that it was a value of mine to help other people um, and whether that's to do with like some of the study or the experiences I kind of had throughout that process, like I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of what like tied it all together for me. Um, and yeah, since then I haven't really looked back. To like I, I still enjoy training. Like I, it's definitely a value of mine growing up as an athlete to to still be moving, like and to still be working and. Um, using my body in unique ways um, on the daily. Do you feel like you get a lot of clarity out of absolutely kind of hosing yourself on some kind of physical activity, whether it be like, just say, you know, when you do like massive mountain bikes, like a road bike sprint or like go on a big run and really like get your heart going. But then as you almost come out of it, you're just like, you're so clear. It's like you push yourself to like breaking point. And I feel like it's like that's when you're kind of like, okay, who's in here kind of thing. Like when you kind of have to push yourself yeah. to there, you go, okay, well. Because we all say we'd do something in the moment. But realistically, if you aren't in that moment, you have no idea. And that's why we have so many like keyboard warriors and people that say, oh, I'll do it this way, I'll do it that way. I'm like, you, you don't know. And you will never know unless you get put in that situation. 
it's like you hear about people then like oh what would you have done in this situation like i hope i would grab the baby out of the burning car i hope i would do the right thing and not wreck a relationship or like you hope and you try and practice that but you don't know unless that comes up and i just so many people say like i'd do it differently i'm like man you haven't like you haven't lived a day in his life. You have no idea. It's like you, you look at these choices through your lens, which is completely skewy compared to how they would live their life. Like you might have a, like a really happy family. You might come from wealth. You might do all this stuff, and the person you're judging is someone that has come up with a single mum that is stressed out all the time, that treats them like shit, and they've got to make these decisions based off that. And then you judge them for making the wrong decision or the decision you believe is being wrong when it's like... Yeah, look, she's out here actually trying to make amends. Yeah. And I guess that all comes back to them when you can be a good mentor or bring that person that, okay, you didn't have the start that you could have, but now you can still level up quicker by holding on to someone that has done the thing that you would like to do. Yeah, I think that... I think what comes to mind for me there is like particularly those that come in that... Because, yeah, I suppose to summarise that, like, the majority of people I'm working with are in some some sort of pain, like, whether that be physical or, you know, for some people that... Um, and this is normally something that we'll track back to because uh, when you are in some sort of physical pain, like, um, there comes a point in time where you are actually working just as much with someone's mental, emotional state in that situation. Like, you know, covering movement and, and physical implementing physical practices as well as like nutrition and lifestyle habits and stuff like that can can get you so far but um you would probably understand this from your accident it's like um it it comes back to what we were talking about earlier you're the you're the person in that situation that has the choice to continue to live that same sub subconscious programming that you've sort of got used to while being that injured person Mm. or you can do something about it well dude i put off messaging you to start like rehabbing for ages man because not ages but like i got home and i didn't even want to try and get better like just had no energy was in pain all the time like i didn't want to leave the house man i didn't want to go out when i'd go out people would see me in the neck brace and feel sorry for me and it's like you know when i say like i want that reaction of someone like laughing and happy when they're like seeing me or be able to bring that out of them when people would see me they'd look so sad man like i'd bring people down just because it's like it was a shit go but then I feel like this ball of just sadness that's walking around when I'm like, like I'm doing okay. But then when everyone comes to you and like, it's, and it's like, it's obviously because they care, but imagine everywhere you go, everyone's just like sad because you got dealt a shit hand of cards. But I'm like, I'm all good. It's going to be all good. Like, let's like turn this way of thinking around as quickly as possible. Because if you're smiling and happy, that's going to make me feel so much better than if you're like, oh man, like, sucks and i feel for you and like it's like you absorb that and then when you absorb that then it's like okay now i'm a bit sad because of that person and like you almost i don't like you don't want to underestimate how bad something is but you also don't want to just dwell in it it's like i think it's that's so that's so important hey because i think in that situation you could you can sort of like i think yeah, to, to use your accident, again, it's a really good example for it because it's like being in that situation and feeling that sadness and like I remember you mentioning to me, you just didn't feel like even sort of wanting to come out of the house, for example. Mm. Just, you know, you didn't even want to reach out for help kind of thing. No, like, not at all. That's important to experience that side of it. It's mm. like that that is feeling the emotions of what's happening. 
and like you were kind of saying if you if you sort of go the other way with it and you know just get on get on with it and um don't allow yourself to feel those feelings that are sort of like uh illuminated in that situation that's Mm. that's where you're sort of like almost stepping into the suppression side of things yeah you want to feel them but it's like dude it's heavy especially like when i came back i had obviously just retired which i was okay with that i accepted that but still like doing something for 17 years racing for over 10 of them over in europe and like that was my life and then you're like okay that's done and then the accident happened, which was like, fuck, am I even going to walk again? Like, that's the mindset when I'm laying on the ground in America to obviously getting better, but still, like, that's just happened. And then my relationship at the time was, like, failing. So it's like you're trying to, I'm trying to, like, heal my body, heal my mind, heal my relationship all at once, and they're all just, like, in the worst state they've probably ever been in in a certain way. And it's like one would be hard, but three at once was just like, oh, this is a lot to like process and just yeah they definitely had time i remember like there was one time i was just like laying on the ground on in my bedroom just laying there just like you know and you're like blank with feeling almost like like you're numb it's not like you're like really sad or really angry or really it's just like you're just like numb to it all you just feel like nothing and i was just like i remember laying there feeling like man i have not felt this in so long like so so long to that point where you're just like oh, this sucks, kind of thing. But but in that moment, you're almost like uh, super present yeah. with your feeling. When it's like, what's the what's to, to what's the, the play? You, what do the, we do? To yeah. the point you're not even thinking about what feeling. Yeah. It's sort of like... But it's like in those moments, it's like that's when you got to make a choice to be like, yeah. I have a choice, let's get better. But And I think it's just like you said, you gotta bu- you got to build people around you that will know how to get you out of those points or know what you need to lift you out of those points and that's why i think yeah having like a healthy connection and community of people is so important and i was going to ask you when you came up here did you feel that instantly like moving to the coast and just feeling like oh everyone here just wants to help or like is is contributing or is doing something like everyone seems so willing to lend a hand and i guess it's because so many people up here aren't from here they've come here and they're trying to connect as much as you are so everyone like it's like this stacking thing that happens where you meet one person they want to help you you help them they may not like it just builds so like organically everyone's just willing did you feel that when you first got here yeah i think i think like if you're to compare it to maybe other states in australia like from my experience like um there's a lot there's a lot more random acts of kindness (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good way to put it just small town as well i think everyone's got their little bubble and they yeah it's like let's protect this where everyone up here is like let's grow this and it's just the 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 two shifts but yeah like you said that's a good way to put a lot more random acts of kindness is good exactly and i think that's what creates that like safe like uh sort of like i suppose environment for people to go further with that like like you kind of said like and i don't know like any statistics on it or anything but like there's been a lot of people that have moved to the Gold Coast um, over the last few years, given the circumstances. And yeah, it probably is a case of like people just wanting to connect because that's, you know, that's like, I suppose, to circle back to like your your like definition of like what makes you happy. It's like that that sense of community and like feeling part of something, feeling part of a tribe, so to speak. And your, your own, like, unique tribe too. Mm. Yeah, we sort of got to, like, the emotions that you were sort of, like, experiencing, I think, 
Um, I guess the mental health side of things yeah. of people coming in to see you and then it being as much as like a mental hurdle yeah, to get right. over yep. than just a physical one. Because it's like if your brain doesn't even want to do the thing, like you're not going to heal yourself if you don't want to heal yourself. But it's like obviously the mental side of that is like there is light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And it's like people don't see that when the tunnel's really long <laughs> because yeah. there's there's some there. But It gets to the point where like you're almost like actually more so like helping change someone's uh, subconscious behavior is, is probably a really good way to put it. Like, um, for example, if you come in and you've got like, um, and this, this has been the case, like uh, people have come in and they've been in pain for years, like, like long periods of time, like to the point where they've lived most of their life experiencing that pain, for example. And it's like, it sort of circles back to that like identity thing that we were speaking about earlier and like that is their identity that's what they know themselves as and like for them to kind of like experience stepping out of that to a degree it's like they don't know who they are mm. and that yeah quite quite often at some point in time you actually experience like uh you sort of get so far when it comes to the physical pro process of working with someone and, and then all the other aspects of health that I was sort of mentioning before with, you know, lifestyle and nutrition and stuff like that. But y if you want to get like to the, the bulk of like resolving like an underlying issue, you're working with that, that level of that mental, emotional side of things. What do you think the biggest common denominator is when people come in with an injury or why they haven't come sooner or what what was like holding them back from trying to heal this pain that they had i think i think there's like the first thing that comes to mind for me is like the confidence factor like um i mean i feel like you could probably relate to this like with what you were saying before but like you know feeling a particular way like and for that to like you know continue on for a particular period of time like you can lose a lot of confidence in that process of something like that happening and um, almost like become, I suppose, afraid of asking for help. Mm. But yeah, that's a big one. Hey, like I remember when I was in the airport and yeah, like people were like, do you need help? And I'm like, I don't want to say yes, but I like, I really do. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not in a good way right now. And, <laughs> and like, fuck, we're all guilty of it, but it's like, how often do you actually like, open yourself up to receiving love from other people mm. especially like, strangers yeah it's like if you know could we just someone offers to do something nice and simple for you like uh holding the door open and like oh no i've got it yeah it's like just I embracing like you know the love that others have for you i think so many well this or, is or like, offer it i think you know like a public setting now there's so many times where like love or kindness is it's done to be captured and like read um, distributed out like viral videos of kindness are just a thing but that holds with it it's like the whole unconditional love thing like i'll do this nice thing but only if i can film it and post it online and people can see it mm. and it's like it's not really unconditional it's like you're doing something for something which i also love the idea of like spreading kindness I think everyone's so programmed to think if someone comes up to you and offers you love randomly that is like, where's the cameras? What's behind this? Like, what's the, what's the catch almost? And yeah. 
I remember a good example of this. Me, I, me and a friend were in Bondi, um, end of twenty twenty two, and we're just walking down Bondi, and they had like a little supermarket, had roses out the front, and she's like, "Oh, we should buy some roses." And I was like, "Oh, okay, like just whatever." I wouldn't normally do that, and I remember buying them and actually smelling them. It was the first time I really just like smelt roses properly, and I was like, "That smells great," and I just like it was this moment of like the whole stop and smell the rose and I, it was like this epiphany moment of actually doing that and then as we were walking we're like we should give them out to people and this is just like i think this was in like october or something so like not you know, like valentine's day or anything and we started giving that to people we're like Dude, would you like a rose it was like an old lady bus stop it was like some two guys like there's different people as we walked down bondi and every person we gave one to was kind of like what's the catch and I think that's such a common thing now. It's like, what's the catch? And if someone just shows you random acts of kindness or love, you think, what's the catch? And it kind of takes away from it. But I guess up here, like we're saying, more people are like that, where there's like, there's no catch. I just want to do something nice. And I think that's real genuine when you just do something really nice and caring and there's no validation from the internet. And this comes back to, I guess, if you care for something, you've got to protect it. Because like that's a pure moment and if you film it and then put it online, if no one likes it, then you don't think it's a pure moment. You think, oh man, it's a failure. Or awesome. if someone comments something like, oh, you're this because of that. Because it's just like, it, it, it's all these things can tarnish certain moments that you try and capture where if you just do it for the sake of doing something nice, it doesn't, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a net positive win <laughs> just because you didn't capture it all. Yeah. But I think, yeah, just coming back to people now, I think you're a bit, a bit they like they Skeptical, shut they, yeah. they shut in on themselves because they're like they've either been burned or seen someone get burned or seen some thing someone get cancelled or something happen that they're almost like everyone treads so lightly now that they it comes back to that like numbness yeah it's almost like they're making the decision based off their past experiences exactly but then everyone's kind of like yeah numbed by the comparison with social media and how other people show up and all these different things that you kind of like, well, I don't want to feel too high and I don't want to feel too low. So I'm kind of like this in this middle ground of like just getting by. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's, you'd rather, f- yeah. like I, like sometimes when I feel really bad, I get like, you're obviously down, but I don't think you can feel really high. Like I think if you're an emotional person, they go both ways. And I think that's kind of, it's great and it's terrible at the same time. Because you know for like each high has an equal low, but vice versa. But I'd rather have the the difference in both than not having like being numb seems like the worst possible thing. You know when you die, you flatline, you're numb. Like your heartbeat goes up and down, it's constantly changing. So I think it's good to feel those things, but you just gotta yeah, realise that as good as something will get, it can equally get as bad. And vice versa though. So it's always gonna be bouncing back. It's almost like the whole like um meaning and understanding of like the the yin and the yang too you can't have light without dark uh you can't have good without bad like it's important to experience both and and appreciate both of them for what they are like exactly yeah it's like um just because you know just because you it is it does feel like it's a bad circumstance doesn't mean it's it's kind of like what you were saying before you never know what's around the corner Mm. and yeah, um, it's not even once around the corner. It's what's in that pain. Yeah, that pain's yeah. got so many gems. It's not even once you're over the pain. It's like no, in it right now. Yeah, like there's so much truth in pain. And if someone says something that really hurts your feelings, you're like, 
there's got to be some truth mixed in with that or I wouldn't care. Yeah. Like if someone comes up and says something to you, I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. It's funny you mentioned pain because like there's this there's this thing that like I suppose just working in the whole like rehabilitation and um, especially especially to do with the move, more more the movement sort of side of things. There's this like a uh, concept of like the pain teacher, mm. and basically it's kind of like recognizing you know what what that particular pain that that person or individual might be experiencing like why that's actually there. And, like, why that has popped into their life to um, teach them a particular lesson. Yeah, what's it going to show me? Exactly, yeah. It's like, what, what's in this pain? What can I take out of this? What's what's the universe sort of showing me in this situation? Um, what's it trying to illuminate to me, mm. essentially? And, like, you see it time, time again. It's like the universe in that situation will continue to play out. It may not be the same thing every time, but until you listen to that, you still kept get, getting dealt the same card until you actually wake up and do mm. something about it. Until the pain's unbearable. Exactly. Now I have to make change because yep. there's no other option. Yep. But you want to turn around way before that point. Yeah. Did you with your with your holistic coaching? Is that part of the Czech Institute? Because I know that's his his uh, motto, the whole pain teacher thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Czech himself. So like, I think that's a kind of kind of brings in a good um, segue into sort of how I got into into the whole like this whole like side of things like initially and um yeah you, you sort of mentioned taylor before but um this was actually when i was like still an athlete like during that time and um in that circumstance or that situation i was in of you know wanting to better myself i sort of took that that avenue and um i always knew taylor from triathlon like we actually i think raced each other a few times but i wouldn't have even actually like known him personally back then but it's it's funny the way the universe kind of worked in that situation but um it was actually my partner that reached out to tay and i kind of recommended her because she was experiencing um some i think it was ankle pain back then or something and because she like, competes as well doesn't she she used to yeah yeah so she's um sums is like into her running and she's uh more recently into her boxing so she's actually looking at doing a um amateur fight like that's on her bucket list of things to do. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I reckon I'll be a, a bit of a nervous kind of spectator, to be honest. But um, it's crazy. Yeah, it comes back to that whole love thing and like connection when you really love someone. It's like, oh man, you get that feeling in your stomach. Yeah, you don't you don't realize. Yeah, like, and you can only like man, you, can, you can love something and then you can't even imagine how much more you're gonna love like your own child. Like it's wild, the levels yeah. to it, hey, and it's like even yeah. with your girlfriend, like that amount yeah. of care, I'm like somehow that gets more. Yeah. And it's just it's just how it is. But it's at the same time it's me sort of like in that situation, like embracing that that's something that she feels like she needs to do for herself. Yeah, you gotta let it be her own person. That's her yeah. own choice and that's her deciding to do something that's right for her in that circumstance too. But I think yeah, to kind of like segue into that, like um segue, sorry, back into how I got into like the whole check sort of like side of things. Um yeah, it was through reaching out uh, to Tay. Uh, I went along to like the the initial like assessment that Summer had with him, and it was literally that day I think for me that I had this realization where like, oh fuck, this like this thing that like encapsulates so many of my interests actually exists as like a job, and I was like amazed by that. I was like, how the fuck is like how have I not like 
understood that this was like a thing like yeah however how have i spent so many years of my life being so interested in like this kind of thing not realize that this even exists kind of thing and then from there i was <laughs> like a trip hey? literally yeah and then from th- from there i was like fuck like i gotta <laughs> wait like, a minute hold up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> we're on here and i was like i mean i thought i was i, I like to think i'm like a uh, relatively sort of like aware person too so it was a bit of a surprise but um it was from there that I decided to do some coaching with Taylor myself while I was actually still cycling um just from the performance perspective is where it started but that started to open my mind up into just so many more other aspects of health and eventually that kind of like shifted into my my interest of wanting to actually start to study the stuff and um initially sort of like um began with some some just material that tay had sort of like passed on to me and that i found like really interesting to read eventually started enrolling in some of their courses um and then what actually moved me to the gold coast was uh i started like an internship with uh a mentor of tay's who he originally learnt off her name's jan carton and or she likes to be referred to as kiki and that experience that I had for uh, nine months with her was what sort of like fully like sub- submerged me in the environment of basically what holistic health encapsulated. And also like I think I took from that like a real world understanding of like what it means to actually work with someone on that level as well. Mm. Um, and from com- coming out the end of that like um, – coming out the end of that like internship that I had with with her um I remember just like nagging Tay I was just like can I come and shadow today can I come and like watch you watch you with your sessions and then that turned into just like a regular thing where I'd be there like every day of the week in between like you know working a job like I think at the time I was still working as a lifeguard because it's something I'd done when I was pursuing triathlon and it was really easy to work in between training and stuff like that I love that your your job was lifeguard. It's like there's definitely a theme of helping people that it's really blending into. Yeah. This. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a picture for me. Yeah, yeah I was just oh, saving lives funny, and then yeah. helping people. But it's exactly. like you realize, man, you realize that yeah. like helping others is like I feel like that's where you get yeah. like the proper true fulfillment. I don't think you can ever get the same amount of happiness out of helping yourself as you can with helping others. Even mm-hmm. though you should help yourself the most, I think it's like seeing someone else, especially like imagine like a. a, a son or a daughter or someone achieve something like that level of fulfillment that you must feel in those moments would far outweigh I think what you could just do on your own yeah and it, it like I said it kind of started with me trying to do that for myself and like firstly like we were talking about like yeah look enca- after you enca- first encapsulating then. myself but then it's like um to the degree that you've looked after yourself is is the degree that you can actually help other people too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like exactly, are, yeah. are you sort of giving from a cup that's half empty, so to speak? Yeah. Um, but yeah, from there I sort of because uh, I think I met you in when you were shadowing, or I think you might have just started. Because when was it back dude, in twenty? I, I literally remember that twenty nineteen. Yeah. 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 I remember. Living I remember, out of my van. <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember that. Hey, you came in with a mate, and like my memory of it was you came in like with like a massive like smile on your face because you were just stoked to be there, bro. I was. Yeah. happiest point in my life yeah. by far yeah by far and like i think i was like midway through a session with a client or something and i pretty much stopped the session and had like a half an hour fucking conversation with you <laughs> i was like fuck i better get back to this hey 
But that was, yeah, that was like right during that period where I was like sort of transitioning into coaching myself. Yeah. um, Yeah, we had a a great chat. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And I, yeah, I remember sort of like um, creating sort of like my own circumstance there where like I kind of like birthed a job out of nowhere and like that also sort of like um, gave Tay the opportunity to start to like expand his business too. But for me personally, it was like, um, the opportunity to really like delve into um, seeing more people and surrounding myself in that environment and that that line of kind of like um, coaching. Mm. You would have seen how many people would come in, especially with that that energy of just like, yeah, let's let's be here, let's get better, let's do this. Because it was so you know when like a random series of events happen with all different stuff, so. When I like the reason I was coming up here was to catch up with Jace McAlpine and get on his podcast Gypsy Tales because I had this out of body experiencing when I was at my 24th and changed my perspective on life and really big pivotal moment in my life and I was like I need to go talk about this and struggles that I had as a kid and how happy I am now and I was just like I was just like a ball of energy and I remember I was in my car coming up the coast and I think I listened to the podcast that Jace and Taylor had had and it like it just you know when someone opens your opens your eyes to why you're feeling certain ways and it kind of like you're already feeling this stuff and then someone kind of explains it to you in terms that you can relate to mm. and you go, man, what is going on right now? It's like all these pieces are coming together in this perfect order that just, just feels like this isn't real kind of thing. And then I got up here and caught up with Jace, did this podcast, met up with Taylor and it was just like all these perfect storms going off that made this like trip. That's why I came in and I was on such a high because it's just like life was just... Remember I said when you live to your authentic self things come back like the podcast with Jace was one of those things like me and Taylor at that time was one of those things coming in and meeting you and doing the breath work and like you attract all these people that should be there and they will constantly keep you on that high because you're like feeding off everything they throw back at you and you're like man like this is easy to feel like this when all you do is surround yourself with like those high energy good people that you know you should be around anyway exactly yeah sometimes it's just got to be the right person that tells you the right thing in that situation and it's like yeah, in that circumstance, it's like um, something resonates with you enough that it's like, oh, fuck, we like, you know, share the same values. We have the same like thoughts on things. And um, I think everyone, yeah, the rest kind of happens from there, doesn't it? Like, I think we all think we're so different. But then when you hear someone talking about an experience that you thought only you might have gone through and someone can explain it in a way that's so easy to digest and like be like, oh, no. There's more people that, and it makes you feel better. It makes you feel more connected to everything because we are. But again, it's like so often it feels like we're not. And it's that thing. And I think, I guess with podcasting and I guess creating stuff, it's like you're trying to make people feel more connected with everyone else. I think that's such a powerful, positive thing. I guess you do it on the scale with those people that you show them how it can be and you kind of make them feel connected in like that little community of people that you obviously work between. And they're like, oh, no, it's all good. And then once it's like you're giving them a push, man. Like I always think Mm. like do you find this as well with the job that if you do your job really well, it's kind of hard because then people get better and they obviously don't need you. So it's almost like that letting go of like feeling, fixing someone's injury, making them feel like they are who they should be again. But then it's almost like letting go again. That whole connection you'd build with someone to then it's like, okay, but then like even with me, the – we, when we stopped last week and then this new guy called me, it's like, there's someone else. Like, mm. there's always someone else. There's someone, like, that needs fixing. 
and there's always someone that needs healing kind of thing. So it's like that, again, what's around the corner kind of mentality. That's, it's always been like the, the goal. I think, I think like, especially I suppose like in the health industry, a lot of the past models when it comes to like, especially physiotherapy and chiropractic and osteopathy, it's like the, it is, it is the, like the passive, um, treatment model of, you know, um, you come in and, and I'll fix you, so to speak, whereas the power actually lies in the individual in that circumstance. And my role isn't so much around like coming in and fixing someone because that's not what I'm doing. Like, uh, if you, if you look at, look at it from the other perspective, uh, I like to sort of like think of that I'm empowering and giving those people the tools that they require to almost like transition from that, point of uh point of their life that they're sort of like in um so it's almost a goal for myself in that situation to actually be able to like move someone on mm. <laughs> i know that sounds funny and it's so like so backwards to how a lot of the the health system kind of works and yeah of course you get you get people that just love it so much that they want to continue on like i've mm. got long-term clients too and it could be that the same thing as what we're talking about. We just share interests and they like have... Well, a, yeah, it's a different connection. Hey, it's a different yeah. healing, whether it's mental or physical, whatever it is. It's like you see something for a reason. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I think, yeah, to come back to that, it's like how well can I sort of like help guide this person into having uh, having met all the tools that they need to sort of like, you know, work it out for themselves and, um, you know, continue on with, with their life. Mm. and what they need for themselves it's like all the pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that that it's like we'll just keep capturing the fish and giving them to you instead of teaching yep. you how to fish and that's based around that same model hey mm. it's like don't fix it if it take the magic pill and that and that'll fix you yeah 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 it's not taking the thing that it's missing is taking control and 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 power of your own life and your own circumstance mm your parents big on that? Like if you need to do something, if you want to get something done, it's kind of like it's on you. Did you feel like that was instilled pretty young? I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because like if we come back to like I suppose the, um, the whole model of how you like learn things from your parents and stuff, like from when you're young, like you're basically just a sponge like absorbing information from like your parents and a lot of those subconscious behaviours and what you sort of do in any sort of given circumstance is basically just learned behaviour from like a sole caregiver. Um, but I think I like to kind of see my parents as like uh, really, really very supportive with uh, following exactly what it is that you want. So I feel very blessed in that, in that circumstance to have parents that were you know, w whether it be like to do with my line of work now or like when I was an athlete or, you know, choosing to not, not maybe pursue school as much as I could have, for example, it's like they were always there and supportive of the choice that I wanted to make for myself. That's a big one, hey, because so many parents want to kind of push their kids in a direction and it could be a good direction, but is it their... Is it, is it right for the... Is it yeah, their yeah. direction, is yeah. Is it theirs, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think so many people can kind of hide a bad thing within a really good thing. So it's like, okay, well, I want you to go and do this because it's a good job and you'll get good money and you live this life. But if that's not what you want to do, that's a bad thing. Yeah, and how if long is it going to last? Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
I've seen so many kids that would race mountain bikes and they'd get to like 18 and realize that, okay, our parents don't really have as much control over me. They don't, they're not pushing me to do this. And they just stop. They so you say usually the kids are like peak real young. Yeah. Too. Cause their parents are pushing them so hard. Like <laughs> and just like towing the line at like 13 years old. Burnout's That's a real like, thing, yeah, man. Oh. And this comes back to their, like, obviously there's going to be some level of enjoyment as learning it as a kid. But as soon as, again, like, having your parents push you is kind of similar to, I guess, when it becomes like a professional deal where you get paid, except they're not getting paid and they're 13 and you've got mum and dad there like, you need to go do this and this. And you're like, oh man, as soon as I get the option to not do this, I'm probably not going to do it. And it's that you want to be supportive of their dream and what they want to do, but you've got to leave it up to them. Did you, were you like openly telling them like hey i want to pursue this or they were kind of how did that work with you going into obviously swimming were they getting up at five and got, driving to the pool well, yeah like fuck these that's see, committed these, see these are the things i don't even really think about hey in tassie yeah it's like that's that's heavy yeah, that's, dude, a, that's an like, early cold morning there's you know you go you go through those those years as you're young sort of just like thinking nothing of it but it's like yeah they're up they're up most mornings or like um you know, afternoon sort of like carting you around and, and helping to support what, what it is that you want to pursue. And, um, I think, I think they, yeah, like al- although they were there to sort of like really give me a good, like I kind of said, like really, uh, I suppose support me with what it was that I wanted to do. It's not to say that there wasn't any discipline there as well. Like, um, if, if I was real about something, then there'd always be like the, um, I suppose, healthy accountability with uh, coming through with it and actually trying to pursue or like do the things that I need to do to, to the best of their ability that they know um, with, you know, um, pursuing sport or, but I think, uh, I think the first real test I mean, they'd probably argue otherwise. It was probably probably more tests before that. But the first real test that I kind of saw that was maybe a little bit tricky was like when my mind was just like purely on triathlon in year 11 and 12. And that's just like I, like I mentioned before, that was like, that was my tunnel vision. That's where I wanted to sort of take things and where the whole school like, like side of things comes into their into the picture there of like you know getting good grades to go to university and um making sure you're in a, a good position it's almost like the focus shifts to like okay what's happening after school kind of thing mm. um and you see that all the time with parents but that was like a probably probably a little bit of a tester for them but then i think they started to realize and open up to the fact that that was something that made me happy and that i wanted to actively pursue so I think, I think all in all, I'm pretty blessed with how that how that went. And of course, you could look at it either way. Like there's, and this is this is going to be the same for any any person in any situation with their parents. Like you learn you learn traits that are going to be positive. You learn traits that are going to be negative. But it's how open you are in that situation as the as the individual. You know, when you've evolved enough, um, it's almost like it's up to you to realize what does serve you and what what does no longer serve you because mm. um, yeah ultimately we do learn everything from them and you've got to do the things you don't want to do to know that you don't want to do them as well like everyone always looks back and like oh, mm. i wish i never did that i'm like you wouldn't know then and that would 
sit with you constantly. Like if you if you go into a situation, just say like I moved to Queensland, hated it. Like at least you've done it. And you yeah, know. exactly. It's like yeah. okay, that can tick that off the list. Yeah, but it worked out way better than I ever could have ima- imagined. And this is like okay because you took the risk, you did the thing, and followed your intuition. Intuition, yeah, and it worked out. But it's you're gonna have have those times when it's not gonna work out. You go all right again, tick it off the list. Next, like what? <laughs> <laughs> What else are you going to do? Like, mm. the other, you dwell on that? Oh, man, I wish I never went up there and I did this. And it's just like you just spiral out of this negative thought process that doesn't actually lead you anywhere back to where you started from. And I think in that whole parenting model too, it come, it co- there comes a point in time where you have to start to actually create responsibility for yourself as well. It's like the it's like the, the role kind of like shifts mm. kind of thing. It's like, oh, well, you're in charge now. Like, yeah. you've, got, you've got control of the wheel. Like... Of what, someone what else's, yeah, of someone yeah. else's life. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing because it's like you obviously, they would have saw how passionate you were about the tries, but then you're not focused at school and that could affect you. Like the, it's all this balancing act, but I guess it's, again, them going to their own intuition and seeing you like and knowing you well enough to know, okay, he means business. Like this is, because my parents let me drop out of school to go compete in Europe and race and it worked out being the best thing ever. Mm. And I'm so glad they did do that and like I did get a job straight away so I was making money but still some parents would have been like no way yeah how did you, you find the whole like because I suppose we we could probably relate on that too like with with the whole transitioning into something that you wanted to actively pursue and how, how did that like connection I suppose like with starting racing with the, like with the parents along. sort of go down oh it was um it was good they were super supportive they actually came over my first year racing in Europe we kind of turned into like a family holiday. So me, my brother, and my mum, my dad, we all flew over to Europe and went to the race. And like they were kind of like had the bike in the bike box and stuff. And I actually I crashed day one of practice, my first World Cup, and broke my wrist. I didn't know I broke my wrist. I found out um, like literally years later. But I crashed. It was in Valdesol in Italy. Went over the bars, broken wrist. I'm like sweet downhill career and <laughs> started off great but my parents were always like super supportive with that and like helping and they were always like they're like those people like meet me halfway like dad's like you want to buy something i'll put up maybe half or something like that or if you do this work like meet me halfway like if you give me a little bit i'll give you a little bit and they were very good at kind of balancing that yeah so that you, whole that whole like you have to show me that this is something that you're actually yeah interested in the whole like you've got to put in or work serious about yeah, yeah. you want to you want to get something you need to put in some work whether that be music uh, mentally physically whatever it may be you need to show me that you're at least a little bit interested because so many kids say oh, i want to do this and you're like okay wake up at 4am tomorrow and go run on the beach and you're like no i'm like okay i don't want it that bad i'm like you could use that reference with anything it's like okay you want to grow a business okay you've got to stay in every night this week and work like till nine o'clock oh no i don't you don't really want it then it's like you've got to put something in to get something back but it's like what is at what level do you do that i think when you have a kid it's like you need to find things that are like achievable but like go mow the lawns every every at everyone's like all the neighbors place go earn 100 bucks mowing lawns go Mm. collect firewood go help your brother do something like just show me that you're actually it's the whole protect your dreams thing again, yeah, yeah 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 go after it like make the effort and people see when you make an effort like a little bit of effort goes a long way when so many people don't get it like so many people go in a job where 
it doesn't get reciprocated when you, they do something. So if you show effort back to them, they're like that can go a hell of a long way. Like a little like a little compliment or a little like pat on the back or returning something in a, like a good way, just like that will go far. So I think if you can do that, I think it just helps just everything in general. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Cool, uh, um, I was going to touch on where are you going now with, I guess I was talking to you the other day about how you want to grow the business and because you're saying you're working with Taylor for so long and then you've separated off and you're doing your own thing. Do you want to grow something where there would be like a team of you kind of working or do you want to kind of focus more on just like building your client base for you right now? Yeah, so I think it touches on a good point because like for me going through that whole process of like it's almost like a rebirthing process really because that, that role that I had of working, you know, under someone for so long and experiencing that, um, yeah, since since starting my own thing, uh, I think it's been the it's been the biggest blessing in disguise in the fact that, um, and I'm sure you could relate to it too with what you've been doing over the last few months here, but um, it's the balance between like creating a healthy accountability for yourself, but then also creating the f- on the on the other side the freedom that you like you may like desire for for yourself, and initially for me that was almost like the driver of like just doing things on my own terms and personally for me like this is what I want for myself and that's that's almost like what sort of like nudged me out into doing my own thing like initially and it kind of started out with that but the I think the res- the healthy sort of reception that I've received since doing doing my own thing it's funny and sort of like being in alignment with what I actually want to do a little bit more um, has really sort of given me the chance to actually expand like a lot quicker than I sort of like anticipated like initially. So for me, I suppose to come back to that whole goals thing has been like a process just recently of like, okay, I've got, got the client like side of things up to like a particular point that becomes a point in like, I suppose this sort of industry where, you know, you can only see so many people. So it's almost been a case of like just recently, like what, what now, like what, what do I, what do I want to sort of like, what do I actually want to do with this thing? And there's, there's been like some, some ideas and I think coming back to the, the feelings and the values and whether it feels like it's in alignment with what I want has been like the, you know, getting clear on that message has been like the, the most important thing. And I think my, I suppose overarching like, um encapsulation of a dream is to to really be like step into being like uh a really raw and like authentic version of myself and like we were talking about before whatever that be that I sort of put out just it being it be coming from like me and not 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 filtered by like you know past behaviors or um habits or um you know um things that I've learned from other people um but it's given me the chance to sort of think about, okay, well, if I make this move, is that going to be sort of like a, in a line with that? Like um, some of the things I've sort of been playing around with is uh, some of my partners actually right into like her gut health. Um, and it's a it's an industry that she's been working of working in by herself for a few years now. And um, that's something that I'm we've been looking at recently trying to merge like a package where we can sort of like encapsulate like uh, 
tying both of what we're doing together. Um, and the gut's just such a fundamental role when it comes to health as well. Like um, at houses, like I think it's 80 to 90% of our immune system. And it's one of those areas where you can just make such a big difference uh, from doing such a small amount. So that's that's been on the horizon. And then I think outside of that, growing my profile, growing um, who I am authentically and doing it the right way is is the next the next kind of like thing. And I kind of like envision like over the next over the next few years starting to go a little bit more in the direction of uh, educating, but keeping the education like not like a school or not like a typical information overload, but really making it relatable to uh, who I am and like the people that, you know, maybe maybe interested in that. And it's like, I don't want to become another educator that's just like regurgitating information, so to speak. More in a practical sense. Yeah. I was going to say with the, like the gut health then, um, do you know Zach Bush's? Yeah, yeah, I was listening it? listening to one of his recent podcasts the other day, actually. Yeah, because he was talking with, about with Kerwin Kerwin Ray. I, I think it is. I haven't heard yeah. it. No, but I remember listening one ages ago talking about like all the microbiome and gut health and how America pretty much through like pesticides and everything is just like completely destroyed the soil, and that's like the birthing ground of everything that makes us us is in the dirt. It's in the dirt. Yeah. Everything comes yep. out of that. It's this life cycle goes back up into ash, burns, goes into rain, comes back down, goes in the soil, creates everything, eat it like. And that, we just, that's, that's, that's the cycle of life. Exactly. Yeah. And then f- we talk about soil as like, as dirt. Yeah. It's like we look at it as just being this yeah, thing. You're, you're riding your bike over it normally. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I mean. It's this thing that is in front of all of us, but we don't see the value in actually looking after it because it's just kind of like, even though it's there, it seems like out of mind, out, out of sight, out of mind, even though it's, you can see it, but it's like what's in it is what obviously creates us into being us. So like you say, with having good gut health, it's such a, it can change even trying to know what your body reacts to poorly like do like a food diary and actually see what you eat and how you react to it because a lot of the time it's like you kind of on autopilot where you're like oh, i don't feel good and i never feel good but you don't actually you know, like you kind of eat something and then you don't feel good but you never actually put the two together that that might be the issue until you might write it down and be like look back at it after a week and be like okay i ate popcorn and then 20 minutes later i felt terrible so then you're like, maybe I won't eat popcorn. And they're like, oh, I don't feel terrible. And, and that's like, the whole feeling thing again. Hey? Yeah, what do you feel like, in how, those how moments? I, how do I feel in that situation? Like, mm. what, what does eating this particular food food group kind of like do to me? And how does it make me sort of feel? Because mm. I, think, I think, yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole of diet and I feel like I, it's a subject that I could talk about for a long, a long time. But um, I think the reason why you see such a variation when it comes to like ideologies when it comes to diet is because everyone's different (laughs) like you know one one person might feel good off being you know a carnivore for example Mm. and eating a eating a diet that's um that consists majority to do with that and the next person could could be the same off uh you know a a more paleo sort of like orientated diet or vegetarian or vegan mm. it's like you're gonna have studies that support everything but i think the thing that it's missing is like the f- the feeling mm. and it's like um there's this thing called metabolic typing and really in a nutshell it's just eating in accordance with what your body needs and if you dial into that like well enough like um it's sort of yeah it goes down the rabbit hole of like um 
the whole calories in versus calories out sort of like side of things as well. But like if you're eating in accordance with your diet type, um, generally you'll sort of like steer towards eating the right amount of food anyway. Mm. That's right. That's right for you. But I think the the thing where it can get tricky for people is with such poor health being such a common thing, like um, there can be, you know, infections and parasites and different things within the gut that can actually almost do the thinking for you. Mm. And um, it can be really tough to sort of dial in on what does feel right for you, for example. But this is this is sort of like right down the realm of where some of my partners sort of going. It's like understanding the blood work, underst- understanding the stool samples, the, the urine samples that are sort of behind that and like what's actually sort of going on within the gut. And, you know, it's become real, real popular recently uh, for people to do like different sorts of cleanses and stuff like that. But sort of seeing it's seeing whether that's right for the individual as well that's that's a very important thing because like a lot of those a lot of those supplements that could be aimed around sort of like killing parasites off or killing different like bacteria or fungi or anything like that within the within the stomach a lot of the um substances that you're taking for that are actually indirectly damaging the gut line and they're important for getting rid of stuff like that. But if you, if you keep going with it for too long, it can actually make your gut microbiome almost more susceptible to things. And we come back to the immune system being like 80 to 90, 90% made up of like our, our guts microbiome. It's like, that's something you want to look after. Mm. Have you ever done like long fast before just to kind of clear the body out? Kind of almost do like a reset in a way. Fasting's like it's it's something I haven't really personally dabbled in more so for the reason of like I'm I'm big on like achieving sort of like a baseline sort of like standard of health before you try experimenting with that kind of thing mm. like I think going from you know the quality of someone's food being like um really poor for example and then they go right from that to like you know, fasting for three days, for example, it's it's looking at it from the perspective of probably the health side of things, mm. and it's not that I'm against it, like at all. Like I think I think there's a time and a place, um, you know, for for anything and everything. But really, it's sort of like looking looking at whether that environment's sort of like right for you. And I feel like that sort of ties back into the feel the whole feelings piece as well. Mm. Do you also think I just know from the like the mental battle of trying to get over that? Yeah, yeah. Eat yeah, you could look at it from that perspective for uh, sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I tried for whatever reason the other day. I was like, I'm just gonna do water fast, yep. no food. I got to about five o'clock. So angry, man. The one time I can turn as a person when I get hangry, like fully different person. So short, so annoyed. I was like, I actually need to go eat food because I can't be around people right now because this is. This is bad, but wild, just yeah. that mental battle yeah, yeah, of doing yeah. that. I had some friends do that. It's seven to two hour one, but it's kind of like that. What we touched on before with going out on like a you know a big long ride, or like you sort of get to that place where it's like it's challenging. Mm. You're like, this is what hard feels like. Yeah. Like, do you think it was going to be easy? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that comes back to the whole anything worth having is going to at some point get hard, mm. and. It's just how you react to that hard how thing. How you choose to deal with it, yeah. Because it's so funny, we want to achieve stuff, but like everything has a price that comes with it. Like everything. And I think everyone looks at the the success in the the good parts. 
they don't see, and this kind of comes back to the whole, like, you see Taylor Swift on stage, you see her singing, you see that feeling. You don't see the point that she lives on a plane every second day and she's travelling all the time and she actually can't live a normal life because she's too famous. Like, there's, that's a price that she has to pay. And, like, she might love it. Like, that could be the best life ever. But if you're someone that would want to go out in public normally, then that would be terrible. So it's like everything has some kind of price attached, good or bad. And exactly, yeah. I think it's realising that and seeing both, both sides. Because, yeah, there's so much so much good stuff that happens in success but there's also all these little bad things that are laid in as well that we try and avoid but they're there yeah nothing's nothing's ever i suppose like all happiness and sunshine and rainbows is it but we're so broadcast that now like that's the whole our whole world is seen as like very shiny and then all the bad stuff kind of swept under the rug and Mm -hmm. that comes back to yeah like social media how people show up how they, they they look how they yeah there's a lot of hidden stuff isn't there of course no, bro. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on before we uh, we jet off? Obviously, as well, just like like I said, thank you for obviously getting me back to. Oh, dude, yeah, we, I feel like we haven't even touched on that like in in depth. But I think yeah, thanks thanks for reaching out, and it's been like it's been a real cool sort of journey. Like when you first touched base, it was sort of like um, I sort of I sort of said to myself, yeah, fuck yeah, like we're, we've got someone in this situation. Let's see what we can do. Mm. <laughs> And um, yeah, being willing, willing. To yeah, and and I think that was when we when we had that first phone call too, bro. Like, and and just just from knowing you as well, like I think um, yeah, we we definitely do align on a lot of our values, and um, I kind of knew working with you would be sort of like, you know, you'd be showing up for yourself, mm. and not to say that's not hard, because <laughs> like what what you experienced and what you're going through was never going to be easy, but. I think and and it's probably it's probably worth noting just for just for anyone that's in any sort of like pain or like has had any sort of like similar injury or anything as well but um the biggest thing that I probably noticed with you is just like the the willingness to to be open minded to what's actually happening in your life and and being able to sort of like not allow like I've said it before, but not allow the circumstance of what sort of like happened to you to dictate like your reality and project that like into the future. Like first podcast in the new studio, it's like I remember you coming in um, during assessment day and you're like, it was just the idea of like, I want to open up a, a communal kind of space that consists of like a podcast studio and what are we fucking four months later and it's up and running. So it goes to, goes to show like, um, you know, if you, if you are really sort of like willing to put that, that effort in and sort of like invest on what it is that you want for yourself and then also show up like, uh, that can be done. Mm. I remember the other day I had a moment where like I was in bed in a neck brace and I was looking at warehouses. I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, dude, what are you doing kind of thing? Like it's, it's obviously like I, looking back now, I would have taken more time to rest because I remember when I got it, it was like, oh shit, like you're paying money now. You're in here. It's go time. So I went really hard at it, but I remember I got really sick like very soon after getting yeah. it because of, I think just trying to burn the candle at both ends. And, and with, the v- with the vulnerability of your nervous system, obviously with oh. what happened to your spinal cord too, like, Spinal cord's part of the central nervous system and it's like trying to learn to re-regulate that in your circumstance is like, 
it's it's tenfold tenfold harder com- compared to you know just the average person. I remember because everyone in my house got sick, like it was just something was going around. It wasn't COVID, but it was like a really bad flu. Everyone in the house got sick, and they all got over it in about a day. Dude, I was like a week and a half, two weeks, and I was like bad, like 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 just cold sweats, nightmares, just aches, coughs, just everything imaginable, like head spins, like like I thought every time I'd stand up, I thought I was gonna pass out, like just just not not in a not in a good way. And then this is like I've just brought I've just um started leasing this building and like it's like every time you like you know it's like another level, another devil kind of thing. Yeah. It was like, okay, now you've got something to pour your energy into. Oops, you poured out too much. Now look where you are. Now you've got to set back again. Yeah. And it's like that it's constant. Constant of calibration, isn't it? That's <sighs> what life is though, isn't it? Exactly. It's like, but then it comes back to the whole idea we're talking about so much about like resilience. It's like every time you are faced with a challenge, it gives you an opportunity to beat that challenge and become better. Mm. And it's like, if you look at it like that, it's like, okay, another hurdle, another step. And I was playing around with this idea, but like every time you climb a mountain, like there's so many steps. Like you keep climbing, man. Like, yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's going to be hard. But at the end of it, you're at the top of that mountain, and you always notice that this is the the kind of catch twenty two thing. Like, you get to the top of the mountain, it's beautiful, but there's not as many people at the top. So that's the thing you also need to realize when you do get to the top of that mountain in life or in a career or in a job, or whatever. Like, it's there's the isolation that comes with that, but there's also a beautiful view and a probably a better life as well. But it all comes to like. And this is another thing. It's like trying to appreciate the view on the way up as well. Don't just, don't just get to the top of the mountain and go, okay, now I'm going to enjoy it. Mm. It's like there's plenty of spots on that walk up that look really nice and just different as well. Yeah. Just different. Like it's always from the top is going to probably be the nicest, but on the way up there's going to be some little, little gems and moments you can probably take a lot out of. I suppose when you're at the top too, like it's those challenges and those like circumstances like on the way up that are probably going to be the things that you, talk about (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think you become useful with pain man and like hardship and struggle it's like how are you going to explain to someone how to compete and teach them how to go in a triathlon if you've never done one if you've never touched the hot stove if you've Mm. never gone into that place where it's like okay i'm tested now yeah like and proven living example yeah yeah what were some of the when you were competing and you did push yourself we kind of touched on it before but like what like in those moments where you just gave it everything, did you feel like, how did you feel in that moment? And then how did you feel after it when you really gave literally everything that you humanly thought was possible? It's a, yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Cause like, yeah, like what comes to mind for me is like, you know, like some of those, not even racing. Hey, it's like some of those sessions that you do, like pre-race or like, um, you know, where, where you got like other people around you, like some of your training mates and stuff like that. And you're just putting each other to the sword kind of thing. And it's like, it's almost, it's almost like, um, it's almost like there's a degree of like trying to show each other up kind of thing. But when you're in that, like when you're in that kind of moment for me, it's almost like you are so present with what's happening. Like, you're you're not thinking about anything outside of like you know the fact that you know i'm here i'm working as hard as i possibly can be and it's kind of like what you touched on with that like whole flow state before if you're able to tap into that flow state in that like circumstance it's almost like you can reach this sort of like level of just like 
being in the moment. And yeah, like, of course there's like an element of, you know, difficulty to it. And I suppose, I suppose what I'm trying to describe is like the flow state, which is very difficult to, difficult to kind of like describe in that circumstance, especially if it's like in an athletic endeavor too. It's like, it's a, it's a feeling. It's not, it's not something that, you know, you can descriptive, descriptively kind of like talk, talk to or like Mm. describe to someone kind of thing. It's like almost when you do, it takes away from what it is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when you have something that's so good, it's like, and this comes back to comparison. And I think that's why I'm struggling to put words yeah. to it, to be honest. You almost yeah. don't want yeah. to, hey, yeah. it's like, that's that's yeah. my thing. And I think that's, yeah, your thing to hold on to. It's like when you, yeah, when you put a descriptive thing on it, it changes the, the feeling of what it actually is, yeah, what it is. But I just always find it fascinating because I've, I've felt similar things. In it. It's like almost like this great clarity mm. that comes from like this chaos because your body's obviously heart rate in one extreme yeah, yeah like 200 and like your body's like everything's going and then trying to put your mind into a state of just like stillness polarity yeah, yeah which is yeah. yeah polar opposite yeah but i also i just thought for like being a endurance athlete and doing that like you would probably be in that state for long periods of time long periods yeah yeah of course yeah like i, th- I, th- I think long periods for me like I'll, i go straight to like cycling just because of the nature of the sport with the duration and stuff like that and like you know some in some of those longer sort of like races that you do that are over that three three to five hour kind of period like you're just going through every single type like kind of emotion that you can feel in that race like you'll go through moments where you feel like absolutely amazing thinking you're gonna like you know be up on the podium at the end of the race kind of thing to you know five minutes later feeling like you're about to get dropped so (laughs) it's sort of like yeah, how how well, how well can your mind kind of like, you know, deal with those thoughts that are sort of coming in? Your light's gone, bro. Lost my light. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll let that yeah. one. We'll let that one go. We'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> the second uh, spare over there. <laughs> throw, throw in. Hit stop. Um, I was just gonna say because yeah, it's in like you say those state where you just you constantly pushing yourself to the absolute limit and it's just what's your why factor behind that because it's like you'll say you want to do something and then it actually gets like pushed comes to shove and you're in that and you're like how bad do i want this mm. i mean you've obviously ridden um the, like the hills around bright like you've ridden mount buffalo beautiful place yeah great great that pl- climb especially it's yeah. so good man i absolutely yeah. love it but when i started i was like i want to go under an hour i think my best time was like a, an hour and three minutes and I kept trying to beat it. I think I got down to about an hour and one minute. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's close. But you've just got to up your average by this little amount. You say little amount, but you're already trying as hard as you can for an yeah. hour. Anyway, I finally went up there and I got um, Zach Bradley to go in front of me on my e-bike. And he just kind of set the pace. Moto pace, yeah. Yeah, so he kind of yeah. like paced me. So I knew what not to go under. Anyway, he was pacing me and I followed him up. And the start's obviously the steepest bit and you just gas out straight away. So yeah. like you're already in the hurt locker and then you're about 10 minutes in. And you're like, man, I've got another 50 minutes of this and I'm already at like red line. And that's like those points when you're like, okay, how bad do I want this? And it's like, it's not even in a race, man. It's just like this little yeah. silly goal that I set for myself that you, it's like, I, I think again, it comes back to why is it silly? Or like why it kind of yeah. could look like that, but it's like why? why S- silly by whose standards? I think yeah. looking at yourself yeah. is like there's no yeah. like if I do or don't do it, 
nothing changes. But for me, it's like, I would know. I would know that I think we should, like, I think everyone should set themselves. And like we talked about, like, goals are just dreams with a date on them. Like, set a date. I want to beat this record by this day. I want to write that book by that day. And then you can actually, okay, and then put a date on it. Let's go. Or let's try and write half in that time. Or like, just have something to, to aim towards. Yeah. As soon as you have that end goal, you can start putting in factors to build to that end goal. I think when like you say one day or you're like, oh, I wish this could happen or I hope this could happen. Mm. Like the language you use on your own dreams is so important because it's, if you say, I hope something happens, it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. It's like, don't hope, start working. Like, you tell yourself something enough, it'll become, become exactly. a reality. And yeah. we talked about before, you tell yourself something and you get a little, either if you tell yourself a good thing, you get a little hit of dopamine. Mm. If you tell yourself a bad, bad thing, you kind of put yourself down a bit further. It's like the language you use on yourself is so important. Like I always say when people put themselves down, I'm like, bro, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like you don't have to be arrogant, but you don't have to just like yeah. kind of have digs yeah, at yourself. Yeah, co- there's confidence and there's arrogance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I guess that comes back to the language when someone comes into work with you and they're just like, and like the guy that I was talking about before is like, you're so lucky. Mm. It's like, so see how he's put his health down to luck. So if you think you're spinning a wheel and this is what it ends up on, that's luck. Mm. And you don't think you have control over your own luck. But I'm like, yeah. you do. Yeah, we have co- we're in control of the power of our own health. In, yeah, hundred and ten percent. I even know when I was healing, like there's no, nobody else is responsible for that. Yeah, and there's more I could have done when I was on the healing journey. For hundred percent, there's always more you can do. You can always fill that cup up a little bit more. I could have stretched more. I could have got more like cupping, or maybe gone the ocean more. Just, there's always something. So it's like you know you have yeah. a base of what you probably should do. But there's always room to build on that as well. Of course. So it's like I think it's not getting that mindset. We're like, oh, I, I already do enough. Mm. Like if it becoming complacent, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And then not having, I guess we were talking about this before, when you are an athlete, like that's such a big reason to look after your health. Yep. And then once transitioning outside of it, you kind of don't have that same goal and you yep. can be a bit more lenient. How did you find that when you stopped competing to then going, obviously still working in the industry, I guess – your body is kind of your resume in a way. Like mm. obviously if you're really unfit, unhealthy, unhappy, you know, people aren't going to want to go to that yeah, for yeah. a holistic health coach kind exactly. of thing. So yeah, you got to, you got to be the example 100%. Ex- yeah. yeah, exactly. I think, I think it probably brings up a good point with the like whole perfectionist like archetype as well. Like, um, oh, I feel like it, I feel like it ties into this industry quite a bit and it's like, um, a lot, like it's definitely something that I've experienced. I'd say it's probably the predominant like archetype that I've had to deal with, um, you know, as an athlete firstly, and just from the the fact of always wanting to get the most out of myself and, you know, um, always feeling like there was something more to do. And it's the same, it's the same with coaching too. It's like, um, not, not allowing like, you know, if you, if you don't feel like you're good enough to, um, not you know like if you are in that situation where you're looking at becoming a coach or like you're looking at achieving a particular goal or like whatever it might be it's like things don't have to be like perfect in that situation like um perfection can be it can be a thing that becomes like quite limiting on the on the other other end of the scale where like it almost becomes like uh I got this thing I say, I'm like paralyzed by perfection. Yeah, literally, like you, you, you almost become like a deer in the headlights kind yeah. of mentality where yeah. you're like, well, it's not going to be perfect, so what's the point? 
Yeah. I'm like, anything you start yeah. is probably going to suck. Yeah. Like my first podcast I tried to record, dude, I didn't even press the record button. <laughs> Just sat there and talked. And I felt so shit. Yeah. Like, shit to the point where you're like, do I even want to do this, man? Yeah. Like, that's pretty... Like, you look... Even though it was with my buddies, you yeah. still look like an idiot. And you're like, I can't even press record on a on a device and I want to start doing a podcast. I was like, and then that self-talk comes back to like, oh, you're so dumb. What, why'd you even try and do it? Like, and that can stop you from, you know, doing it, easy, doing man. it again. Yeah. It's like it, you become like, yeah, paralyzed, so to speak. Like you were kind of saying, it's like, um, yeah, you'll just be afraid or like um, it'll be challenging for you to kind of like make that next step for yourself. It's debilitating. Mm. Yeah, it can yeah, be deb- debilitating. But I think the other thing too is that it can be on the other side of a coin of the coin, like a really like um, a really good skill to kind of like have for different industries and stuff too. Because there needs to be a level of perfection. It's like for me working with the body, there needs to be some sort of level of like attention to detail with like looking at someone and breaking things down. But if you allow that to get in the way too much, like that'll just be debilitating and it won't won't really serve the purpose of helping anyone mm. and perfection by the means of what yeah. and who yeah like i always think it's so funny the different like what beauty looks like through each person's eye yeah. it's like you look at something and go that is amazing someone else looks at it that yeah. sucks and you're like yeah. how different are those two views on something that is to and why is the majority if, if the majority thinks something why does that make that right yeah like obviously there's obvious cases where it's very black and white but to a sense of i guess like you look at a painting and 99 percent of people love it and then there's a few that hate it mm. it's like is either of them wrong or right yeah no, it's, it's just an opinion it's just the opinion on yeah. that but yeah it's how how that alters how we do yeah. look at something um all right john okay that's good the light the light g- did go out i think uh, I've just realized something that I definitely yeah. could have just plugged them in behind here, but unplugged them from what they were charging on to move them behind here. Yeah. yeah. We're learning. Things don't have to be perfect, do they? Yeah, see? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exhibit yeah. A here. But you got to fail, man. Yeah. you got to get up. Yeah. you got to brush your knees off. you got to get back on the horse and keep going because, like I said, joked around with you before, like I look around I'm like, this this happened. Like This was me with a microphone and a, sh- and a laptop running around at World Cups trying to just talk to my buddies. Now and it's a reality. Now you make a studio, you get yeah. all the gear, you have someone helping you produce it. It's like kind of it happened, which is, yeah, I think it's trying to appreciate that more. Like even now as we talk about this and we do this, like, and I am appreciative of this moment. It won't be till probably like maybe a year or two or, or you'd be somewhere and you'd be like, oh, we've got this little snippet of that's where it was like, that was the start of this new yeah. chapter and yeah. this new and that, direction. And that's, that's where you're at at that particular point in time yeah. along his journey. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool to, I always think about this, like imagine if I have grandkids one day. Yeah. Like the whole thing of you coming in, imagine like home, like it's going to be like yeah. home movies, but you can watch it on YouTube. It's wild, isn't it? Like imagine that your yeah. grand grandkids can be like, oh, you want to yeah. go watch grandpa on TV when he had yeah, a studio yeah. and did some breath work with Jono? Yeah. It's, like, it's almost become like not, not the story that granddad tells, but, Here's a story that Granddad told. Yeah, that you can show. <laughs> and like, do you want it in? Do you want it in audio? Do you want yeah. the video? Yeah. <laughs> do you like? Do you want it HD? Do you want it split <laughs> screen? Like, how do you want it? But I think I'm hoping that with that, it's just people can learn and develop 
so much quicker mm. because you have all these different and it's going to be hard because it's going to be so much information that it can be overloading but it's like if you can find the right pieces like imagine i can't learn from my great grandfather like i just had no connection with him i don't even know like you go back three generations i don't even know where yeah. where's that it brings up such an interesting point around that, hey, because like understanding almost like your generational like um, where you came behave, from behavior. Yeah, like I don't could could even be like trauma in some cases. Like <laughs> yeah, pass like, through. You know, like someone's watching this that's like three or four generations down, just like looking at it and thinking like, oh, that's how he operated. Yeah, that's got that's something that's to where th- I maybe got that particular thing from. <laughs> Man, that's. That is a trip when you look at it like that, isn't it? That's wild. And I always, this this also, I always think about this now. When you see, like, friends have a baby and they'll make, like, the baby an Instagram or, like, a yeah. social media account as a baby. So that kid's obviously going to get older. At what point do you give the kid the account? Like, is a kid, like, six? And you're yeah. like, oh, here's an iPhone. Time you have baby yeah. photos from the time you were literally in my arms conceived until now. Do you archive them? Is that we like what like what's yeah, the yeah, what's yeah. the stepping stones yeah. to being like a kid in like twenty thirty five? Yeah, like from birth to just childhood to adulthood, like that, and how engaged in like a social. Like you see like the the VR headsets and stuff, and all these different worlds mm. of people going. Like, at what point is that just like the yeah. normalized yeah. future we're going to live in? So AI is a whole other topic. I feel like oh, we that's, about that's, for a long time, bro. But Maybe for another day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that yeah. you know it can be as equally good as it could be equally terrible. Yeah, yeah, because there's the there's the <laughs> fuck, there's the light in it too, isn't there? Imagine if it just yeah. it just solved all these problems that we couldn't solve. It helped with like aging, with, with disease, it just figured all this stuff out. It's just like, oh, I we can use all your equations, all your data, we can put that together and just pretty much spit out cures and solutions and make society as a whole better. Stop as much starvation, stop as much, like, human trafficking, stop as much control. Like, it just a net positive for the world. I think the thing that I kind (laughs) of see without, like, going down the rabbit hole of it is how uh, almost, like, using using AI to do the things that would normally consume you so that you can actually live your life. You've got more time for everything else. Yeah, you've got more time to actually be experiencing being a human and i think we always but do, do like anything it can go yeah but you look at like yeah. y2k and we thought like the world how many times have we thought the world was going to end like 2012 was mm. supposed to be the end of the world the mind like there's all these things that yeah we hold on to this like destructive idea that the world is just going to explode which it could there's nukes this could be a thing but it's like i'd rather try and focus on the positive of happening because if the negative does happen, I would have liked to think positive until the bad thing happened yeah. instead of think really badly and then the bad thing still happens. And you're like, yeah. well, I told you so. I'm like, yeah. sweet, thanks, good job, man. Yeah. I'm just going to get like... Yeah. <laughs> while, while you've been living, yeah, with negative thoughts, I've just been living my life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been negative yeah. for the last 10 years. Yeah. I've just been negative since this kind of AI and thing has taken over. And here we the same thing. You know, yeah, exactly. At the same point in time. Yeah, it doesn't help yeah. you either way unless you built like a bunker or something, I guess. But <laughs> I don't think that's an option either. But yeah, it's going to be... Wild. You think about the times, how quickly stuff has adapted and changed. Like, I didn't even know about ChatGPT, like, what, five months ago, six mm. months ago or something. And now, like, the designs it can create, how smart it is. Like, it's it's insane. Yeah. But, it's like you say, it's like, at what? where does that stop? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be some iRobot, Will Smith <laughs> stuff going on soon, I reckon. Pretty much that kind of movie is the whole concept of the AI thing is it gets its own brain and takes over and, yeah. Yeah, it's hectic. It's going to be weird. At least people are going to still need help with their bodies, so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just be in an industry where you can still actually make amends. But man, like, I've, like imagine being a graphic designer. Like, something like that. Like, mm. when you can put an f- image into AI, tell her what you want, and it can pretty much spit out, not exactly, but it's obviously early days, so similar to what you want. Like, And then you can even refine that. So even if you do go to a graphic designer, you can pretty much say, I want exactly this, just change the horns or change this, mm. which then you're not going to pay them hundreds of dollars to delete something or just alter something minor, which would take five minutes. And then eventually AI will obviously be able to just do that itself if you can prompt it to the right way. Because at the moment you can give it something, it'll make it, and then you tell it to change one thing and it'll change like five things. So it's a bit clunky still, yeah. but... It's like, got potential. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going potential. in the right direction very fast. Um... Before well, we normally okay. end it, before we go, I always ask people this. I know I've been trying to like spread them through the the podcast, but I've left this one to the end. What are you um? What are you really scared of? That is a yeah. That's a tricky one. <laughs> I think I think what I'm scared of is not being myself. Like always, like we're kind of talking about like. Um, you know, great grandparents and stuff like that later, but uh, earlier, sorry, but um, if I got to the end of my life knowing that I hadn't lived the way that I personally desired or um, that felt like authentic to me, that would feel like I haven't lived. So I'm afraid of not being myself. <laughs> Just like indecisive on your actions that won't make you you. Yeah, you, that feeling of unease when you can't make a decision or you feel like you're just kind of going with what other people want to do and you just feel so uneasy yeah. and not at peace. Hey? Yeah. And just imagine, yeah, the fear of the rest of your life. Or yeah, like, like you're living the rest of your life being something that, you know, um, superficially you're showing you something, but it's something that you're really not. Mm. So, yeah, I think... I think um, I think that's what I'm scared of. What do you reckon the best piece of advice you've ever gotten is? Fuck, he's asking the hard ones to finish <laughs> it. <laughs> it's putting you on the spot. <laughs> I don't know if it. I don't know if it's like a so much like a piece of advice, but one that jumps up at you, kind of thing. I think. I think like there's a lot more power than what people think in. Uh, really defining and spending the time determining what their dream is because everything else flows from what that is doesn't matter what you're doing so if you're if you're you've got a clear intention with what it is that you want for yourself everything else will just follow no, I like that not so much a quote or a piece of advice no, I, I get that yeah. and I think this comes back when we were talking about when you follow that dream and it's obviously not going to go, guarantee it won't go as well as you would hope it would go. But it's that whole thing where it's okay, it gets better, keep going. It's okay, you get be- it gets better, keep going. And yeah. that constant reminder, chasing that dream that it's going to suck a yeah. lot. It's going to suck a lot more than it's going to feel good. Yeah. But when it does feel good, it feels yeah. the best that anything could feel. Because it's what you've made for yourself. Mm. It's what, what you've set out 
for yourself personally to do. And nothing's going to be more more fulfilling than that. Exactly. Because it's yeah, it encapsulates what you want. Yeah, yeah, it's everything, isn't it? Um, once you go, once you're not here anymore, how do you want to be remembered? There's some po- there's some pondering in that one, bro. Mm. It's funny. I always like I normally have these at the end, and yeah, I always I'm, I hate pod podcasts that are all very question answer. I think yeah, I no. think people enjoy listening to a very fluid conversation. Yeah, yeah, of course. Than yeah. so much a question, not answer. so much an interview. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then at the end, I'm like already always got a few like yeah, 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 of he- course. heavy ones to throw at people. And just yeah, it's fascinating to yeah. see. It's like I love when you kind of you do yeah. get stumped because it's like it's. It's not a question you ever ask yourself, but how you, not, live, yeah. how you live your life every single day determines the answer of that question. Yeah. And it's like, I, it's I, th- I think like it kind of like flows on from my previous ans- answer with the advice piece. And it's like, if I can be remembered as being the person that, you know, wa- was the person that followed what they truly wanted for themselves and can set an example for generations to come. Uh, around i suppose making that like a uh reality for for themselves or for for whoever for for whoever it might be um then yeah i'd feel pretty i'd feel pretty satisfied with that i think pretty hit the nail on the head that's good well that's all of them there's no more no more heavy 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 last minute questions (laughs) this is three in the red zone yeah no but dude yeah no like i said appreciate everything yeah, all the help everything like that i really enjoyed the chat i think yeah there's pretty much like the biggest takeaway is like for what you do and i guess what happened to me and the connection we had was like yeah things things are going to go wrong yeah that's okay like get up find the right support network people around you that can help you and just you will just get better mm. over time and you they'll be there when you don't even want to get better because they'll they'll be that little push so yeah anyone that has pain mental physically emotionally whatever it may be it's like yeah try and find a network or a system or routine or something that can help lift you out of that and pull you back to like where you know you should be because even if you're not super low like if you're not where you know you could be and you're not running at that like 100 percent you then it's like well how do we get there what are the what are the who are the people what are the places what's the food what are all these things that i need to put into me or be around that can help me get back to that and i guess in the time of need yeah you were one of those people and that was something that helped me obviously like do all this as quickly as I've done this because like you say, it was all kind of happened quite quickly, but yeah, you kind of make your own luck and find the right people to, to help you make that luck as well. Summarized really well, bro. Yeah. I think, I think like, um, it's really cool sitting here cause it's like, we've, I feel like there's a real world example of like, <laughs> yeah, for me literally yeah. coming into your practice yeah, in a neck brace like, saying, I yeah. want, this is my goal. I want to create yeah. a create a studio and I want to create this, thing and yeah it really shows that like it's i suppose it's a living example of like it, it, it really sort of like articulates that things can be dreamed into existence mm. even from a really shit spot mm, yeah literally <laughs> yeah i guess that's that's probably the biggest yeah. takeaway hey it's like cause yeah. it's easy to make those yeah. say those dreams when life's good but it's it's a different thing i guess to say them when life's not so good but it's probably more important you say them then because you need that fuel more than ever in that like low point, not in the point where you're like, oh, I feel great. Yeah. Let's when make a studio kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> when, we're, when we're vulnerable, it's like we're, 
when we're at that sort of like low point, it's it's almost arguably the most important, isn't it? Mm. And it's usually when you see people sort of s- start to wake up to that. Mm. Yeah, rock bottom, hey. Mm. Rock bottom's a good foundation to start, yeah, 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 <laughs> start yeah. on, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right, bro. Good stuff, brother. I'll let you go. Thanks for christening the... Uh, the podcast Bro, here thanks for having me in. Yeah, all good. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be the uh the first guest of the the new space yes yeah number one i need you to like, i need need to sign something or do have some kind of yeah yeah just put me on the wall like a little, little urn or something <laughs> 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 just cut off a piece of hair and just glue it to yeah. the wall <laughs> like a shrine little, little trophy yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it got weird real quick no but i do <laughs> need, i do need to have like some kind of thing that i'll get all the guests to sign i reckon that'd be kind of cool do something sick bro sick all right bro appreciate it thank you brother lots of love